You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. The following podcast may contain explicit material. You have been warned. Flying towards a setting sun in a Honda Accord of Gold. The AC stringing against the funk because our socks and drawers are old. On the 105 for an afternoon drive, whizzing by the freeway flora. In the passenger seat is my best friend Pete, a fat man in a fedora. Breaker 1-9, this is Drachnar the Dark. I was momentarily detained in the hotel entrance, fat beard. The valet was trying to charge me an exorbitant fee. It appears we have ourselves a game con. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con, playing for four days straight. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene it can wait. We got ourselves a game con, our games after fun. And we'll be playing all the night. Till morning sun. Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode 14 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Twin. I'm Maui. I'm Aya. <laughs> and they're back! Hello, hey, they're back. guys! Even if one of us missed our cue. That's all I can do, sorry. <laughs> I'm fixing it. There we go. Goodness gracious. Oh, so I was trying right. to have her... Is it too close to you now? No, you don't it's good. Want? All right, all right. <laughs> it's like right there. Hello. I should have done You're a sound check before. You're being the genie. Uh, we'll be fine. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, quick... Plugs very very quickly. Uh, Strategicon 2014, which is Gateway, August 30th, 31st. No, tw- 29th, 30th, 31st, and September 1st. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. The memory goes. Stop laughing! <laughs> <laughs> at the LAX Hilton. Uh, and yes, we'll be there. And and that's that. Strategicon.net for information about that. Do you guys have anything to plug? You didn't make your Kickstarter. We didn't. I we know. Didn't. That's okay, okay, though. Honestly, um, that's we're not... That's fine. We got a lot more just exposure from it and a lot more followers, which is what we wanted. We know and it was a Kickstarter, chance. Right. And the Kickstarter was just to try and make it into an ARG from the outset. Uh, we're still going to launch the comic. Like yep. We're just now having to design more of the website ourselves, which means it has to be much more basic because none of us are graphic designiners. <laughs> yep. Right. So we're going to do okay, that and launch the... WordPress is for. Right. <laughs> we're going to do work. that and launch the comic and, and get it on the air as soon as we can. We just want to make sure we have... <laughs> everything said in a website that works and enough stuff in the can that we can update without any sort of stutters and in timing and all that excellent, but excellent. so it's still launching and yep. it's, it did you have a url for that yeah it's just truenutralcomic.com truenutralcomic.com okay, mm-hmm. I'll put that I also have to uh, I've been reminded this time since I forgot last time that I had mm-hmm. to plug for uh, supportive <laughs> tricks my band yay that's right and, l- and we will play one of your songs Kurt Dutifully sent me a song Bless to play at the end. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so we've got a Muldoon show coming up in Newport Beach uh, on this Sunday uh, from 2 to 4. So that's a free concert. It's also beautiful. Yeah. And it has so delicious there. food. Sunday, August 17th? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Uh, oh. August 23rd. Oh, oh, not 20- this Sunday. 17th. No, yes. it is this Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. This Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a free concert at the courtyard. They also have Mimosa and Bloody Mary specials that day. Which are pretty good. And yes. the Irish coffee, I recommend, because it's it's Irish coffee. Oh, I get it every <laughs> time I go there. Get you drunk coffee. Which is like uh, a glass of Irish whiskey. Yes, yes. with a little they bit of coffee. Whis- they whispered coffee over the edge Drop of the rim. A coffee yes. bean. And yeah. whipped cream <laughs> on it. Oh, okay. And a sugar rim. It's uh, really also good. Also, we have uh, le- we're returning to the Red Leprechaun in Long Beach. Uh, on Saturday, August 23rd from 7 to 10. You are a busy band. We are a busy band. Yeah, you are. I also had to a good restaurant. Because I 
can't internalize all the dates. I'm like, I have to find all of these things. So this is the two most recent ones. And where do they go to find out more information if they want to buy a CD and all that kind of stuff? Where do they www.sportivetricks.com. S-P-O-R-T-I-V-E tricks.com. Sportive. sportive. Right. Like Shakespeare. Not I am totally made tricks. for sportive tricks. Here we go. not sport o tricks yeah. <laughs> that's, Although. That's a different one. Some people in the band might, uh, <laughs> oh, might be talented at such things, especially Whoa. Kurt. <laughs> but not without the hair, though. You can't do the uh, hair yeah. anymore, so it's gone. The mojo's gone. All right. I, I'm going... Okay, are you ready? I'm going to attempt to do something I have not done on the show before. I'm going to try to bring in, if it works, and please, I'm crossing my fingers that it will. We have four listeners who have assembled at Gen Con and are sitting there in front of a computer, and I'm going to try to connect to them now, and we'll see if this works. Drum roll. And I'm just invited, and we'll see what happens. And I'll play a soundboard clip while we're waiting. You dress in the manner of a male prostitute. That's from And there he is. And I hope it works. Person. Please work. I see a face. (laughs) I'll give him a second. I hear that if you keep seeing those, you should report it to your psychiatrist. Yeah. Oh, there they are. Hello, people. So we have, we have, uh, do we still have four? There's still four of you there? There are still four of us here. There's still four of you there. Okay. And uh, one of us is hiding. One of you was hiding. Okay. I'd like to talk to, uh, can I talk to each of you one at a time very quickly and just kind of talk about what you're doing at Gen Con and what it's like for those of us who can't be there. We'll certainly try. Right. Uh, Introduce yourself first and let us know what you do that makes you famous. Uh, I am Sergino. I'm famous, I guess, for being in the show a couple of times. I don't know. That's about it, I guess. All right. Good. And what have you done? Oh, oh God, drink! Can you hear me? I'm Juliet, otherwise known as Kaito Juliet on the forums. Oh, hello. hello. Very nice to meet you. Uh, I'm Robert, uh, Aislinn on the forums. I guess I'm famous for talking CC the most, uh, or a lot. <laughs> All right. Good, good. And I'm Dale from Michigan, and I think I'm famous for Captain Cornhole. Captain Cornhole, sorry. <laughs> Okay, so h- how has Gen Con been going? This is the second day of the world's largest game convention. How's it going out there? It's been going pretty well. Um, lots of things going on right now. Actually, just literally a minute before we started the show, uh, some files. Um, cosplayer who does a YouTube channel called Dresden Files Fan Filming, where they're sort of filming the Dresden Files novels on YouTube. So. It's been pretty cool. Sweet. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. So what kind of games have you guys played so far? Or have you played any games yet? Or you've just been spending money in the... Well, I was in the L5R Grand Experience last night. Played the uh, big L5R event put put on by AEG. Sweet. How was that? It was Was, amazing. Was it amazing (laughs) and awesome and everything you dreamed? The events are always really good. I've been hearing a lot about it. Actually, um... It's a good game. You should check it out. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about it lately. I borrowed the book from my roommate already and cracked it open and went, This looks amazing. I should sit down and read it when I have several hours to spare. (laughs) Oh, your copious spare time. (laughs) I actually found uh, the L5R books, 4th edition books, for 50% off, so I bought six of them. Nice! Awesome! Score! 
tales do abound if you look carefully. <laughs> What's that? You can find some great deals in the dealers. Yeah, it's sun, Sunday, everything's on sale. Oh, yeah, Sunday's crazy. Nobody wants to carry it home. Yep, people, so. fair. Yep, it's true. Just before the dealers all close, no one wants to carry their shit. No one wants to make you like, shipping. We're done! Here, <laughs> oh, I made off with so much shit from a Gen Con one year on a Sunday. Just from somebody, like, just not wanting to carry everything home. Note to self, go to Gen Con on Sundays. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what other, the, the rest of you, what, any games you played that you want to mention, or anything you've played that you haven't had a chance to play before, or anything like that? Play anything? You play anything? Uh, I've been playing How Much Money Can I Spend in the Dealer's Hall. That's a good game. <laughs> I, I have been winning. God damn it. <laughs> Yes, you have. We all. I'm not sure our tour with my, took our brother's Taurus. I'm not sure we're going to be able to get home. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. It's fine. If all else fails, just pile all the stuff into where you would have sat and just hitchhike. It's yeah. Yep. It's better that way. Mm-hmm. We just we'll strap you to the top of the Back car. Yourself to the roof. Yeah. That's right. I'll do it. That's yep. what it's telling <laughs> you. It's important. <laughs> Don't risk the Some precious stuff. There's a lot of great stuff coming out this year. Uh, yes. I got the the new Pathfinder game, uh, this the card game, uh, Spells and Shackles. Uh, we played the, the first one, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Sounds like my kind of game. If you don't have time for a real session of RP, and you just want to play some D and D ish thing, it's it's a great substitute. Yeah, the adventure card game is really fun if you haven't had a chance to play. Spent a ton of money at AEG's booth, but they get a ton of my money every year, so that's nothing special. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forget what else I've got. I still have more I'm trying to get a hold of. Some of the uh, a lot of stuff that's sold out King of Manhattan, the new Yellow game, which uh, if you haven't played King of Tokyo, find it, buy it. It's fantastic. So it's the funnest game of Yahtzee you'll ever play. It really is. It really is. <laughs> awesome. No. Yahtzee. King of Tokyo? Oh. Yeah, King yeah. of Tokyo is amazing. Did any like of you try to, trying to uh, take over as King of Tokyo. <laughs> okay. Tag each other. What's better than that? Did any of you go to the any any awards tonight? No, I did not get to go, but I've been following it on Twitter. Fate Core won Best Rules, Fate Accelerated won Best Family Game. Pretty much everything else was won by Pathfinder and Numenera. Realmworks uh, got the silver, I think, for software. Okay, fascinating. Excellent. Um, I have to go in about uh, three minutes, so can I tell yeah, my story quickly? Absolutely. And then my ride is getting right. Can you turn it so they can see me? <laughs> um, Hello. Well, that's okay. I don't need to hear it because I'm talking. Um, I went to see a movie. I just got here. And uh, I went to see a movie called Of Dyson Men. It's billed as a geek movie without the self-loathing. <laughs> uh, they were giving out these cool little dog tags. It was fun. Um, I would compare it kind of to maybe... Night of the Zombie King from the Gold People. It's kind of a combination comedy-drama thing. Really cool. Um, if They said they'll probably have a web download um, available at some point in the near future, so watch for it. Excellent. Cool. Awesome. 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 Thank you, and don't let us keep you from your ride. Thank you for, okay. for waiting so for us. <laughs> Drive safe. All right. Anything else you guys want to say Thank in the... Guys. Party minute, party moment here. Did you play anything? Uh, mostly, I've just spent money and play. Uh, mostly, <laughs> spent money. Let's five strangers. <laughs> All right, that's it. Parting shots. Anything you want to say to the the dozen and a half people that are streaming right now and the thousands uh, of people uh, that will hear this? Not. 
<laughs> Pardon? Ha uh-huh, ha, we're here and you're not. <laughs> yeah, fuck That's you. That's a good... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, son. All right. Like that. <laughs> Shoot. All right, well, thank you. Team again at your house next this year, so that you can come next year. Absolutely, I, yeah, I gotta make it next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm already stowing money away to to come next year because my my wife is like, yeah, I was really looking forward to you, to you getting out of the house for four days. <laughs> so, I think, I think I will, I think I will go next year. So, the best four days in gaming for you, the best four days without Stu for her. Exactly. All right, and I, and I notice, I notice you're wearing the. Uh, Please stop talking to my my experience point shirt. Thank you. <laughs> awesome, excellent. Okay, Thank you. Okay. Representing. Are there any left? I need to order mine yet. Yes, there are. There are plenty. Good. Yes. In okay. fact, I'll plug Which that I, right now. Uh, Small was absolutely thrilled with the T-shirt. Thought it was great. Excellent, excellent. I've got a couple other ideas for shirts that I'll do sometime in the future. So. All right. Well, th- I'd love to have more to wear next year. I'm fine with that. Excellent. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys for, for taking some time out of your Gen Con to talk with us and letting us know what it's like. Thanks so, for having us. All right. You guys take care. Thank you very Have much. Have a good show. Thanks, guys. Bye. We shall. And I'm going to yeah. eject you. <gasps> Bam! <laughs> <laughs> take care. Oh, snap. Take care, Bye. guys. Bye. All right. There we go. That was cool. Bam! That was cool. That was awesome. It worked, and it, there was, like, almost no, like... Yeah. Horrible Golf technical pot. issue. I'm well, I so excited. If, there any, if there's any LARPs there at Gen Con, because I'm, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. I'm just curious as to who's there. I, yeah. I used to run at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. I used to staff IFGS games at Gen. Con. I think yeah. since IFGS, IFGS has been coming back. Probably someone's there. Well, it's been like around. It's just that it's starting to come. Well, back it's in coming SoCal. back in SoCal. <laughs> yeah, Fair. it's been around everywhere. Everyone else has got their shit together except us. Except no. that's changing. It's because we're making up. We're busy making our own shit up. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I should mention, if you want to buy a Please Stop Talking to My Experience Points t-shirt, yes. they are still for sale. You can go to angryfolk.com slash store or happyjacks.org slash stop talking shirt. Either one of those will lead you right there and you can buy it. And I will ship it with my own two little hands. I love your announcer voice. Thank Soothing. you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you want to buy stuff. Well, yeah, that, that, yeah, that that's that. part partly because of the all the pain pills I took this morning. Oh, oh you're very yeah. soothed. Yeah. <laughs> Mellow. Yeah, I was. I, I woke up this morning with a, a horrendous I, back spasms, which I very oh, rarely no. get. Right in the right between my shoulder blades, no. I lifted something and I pulled something terrible, yep. and I could barely breathe. They hurt no. so much. And Three my females? wife is like, no. uh-huh. my my wife is like, here you should take this. It's it's a something cycla something. Oh, it was a muscle relaxant. Yep. Bam! Eight hours later. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cycla something. If it's what I think it is, somebody call somebody. That stuff's amazing. Is that amazing. what they gave you? I have no idea what it actually was. I just know that they were like, here, take these muscle relaxants before bed. And I was like, And whatever you do, don't drive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She would, like, she couldn't even play WoW. She'd be asleep on her keyboard. (laughs) Well, I'd I'd take them. I'd be like, okay, well, medicine usually takes about 15 to 20 minutes to kick in, right? And we'd be finishing up a last quest line on World of Warcraft, and I'd be like, oh, we got like 15 minutes. I'll go ahead and pop it so that I can immediately fall asleep when I'm done. All of a sudden, she just runs through a bunch of mobs, and I look over and realize it's because her forehead's on the auto run. <laughs> They're like, stop pulling, stop pulling. Oh my god, twin, I know you're the tank, but stop fucking pulling. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, yeah it's like it's shit. like it's like having a bowl of chronic or something. Oh, <laughs> god. 
put you out. All right. A featured email. This is from Dan. Now, we are doing the whole thing. Uh, for those of you who want to still want to go to the um, uh, survey and fill out the um, the listener survey, you can go to happyjacks.org slash 2014 survey. I'm going to probably close it this week. There's almost 300 responses. So I got a pretty good idea, and the numbers really aren't moving very much from the like topics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, But if you want your voice heard, please go there and take the survey, if you have not yet already. Do it. Uh, but one of the things that we are doing is we're I'm taking the emails, and there's no longer such a thing as an email backlog. I am now taking, when I set up the show, I usually like three days before the show happens, I, when, when I sent you guys the, the Google mm-hmm. Doc, mm-hmm. Uh, I basically went through the emails that I got over the past week, and I picked six or eight of them, picked one that I thought would make a good good topic, and then sent them out. And the rest of them will probably not ever get read. I mean, I read them, but they don't. They won't get read on the air. So we still chew through these too. Mm-hmm. Like the every podcast has a bunch of them. Uh, that you guys but between too. Se- usually between seven and eight. Yeah, is that's what I get through. Crazy. I got in the last week. I got probably two to three times the emails we read in an episode. <coughs> yeah. So <coughs> about. Uh, Best case scenario, about half of them are going to get read right now. And if you would like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. You can go to our forum, happyjacks.org slash forum. Uh, we have a chat room that is active while we are recording the show on Friday nights at 8.30 p.m.-ish <laughs> Pacific time. You can go to happyjacks.org slash live to hear that stream and also to join the chat room. And uh, you can also just chat if you're like watching it on the on the Google Pluses, and that's happyjacks.org slash chat, which just has the chat room in it without having all the other muck in it. And, uh, and we're on Facebook and G Plus and Twitter, Happy Jacks RPG on Twitter, I think. And that's it. So first email from Dan, <coughs> dearest douchebags and most delightfully devious and derisive disposition. Nice. Gesundheit. Gesundheit. Uh, question one. Oh, wait. I want, this is just for Stork. <laughs> How's that for a chopper? <laughs> uh, question one. I have started a fate game where the players are members of a traveling carnival of a steampunk world. Specifically, they are members of the Freak Show. Apologies to Stork, I think, for plagiarism. Because I understand that he runs a popular con game series with this premise at its core. At the beginning of of the campaign, I had a blast creating a new continent and crafting international tensions. I started things off with a mission, uh, with a a missing persons case, which turned into a murder that the PCs were seconds too late to prevent. uh, An intriguing cliffhanger. Oh my. Uh, But now I'm stuck. Every week, I have a hard time thinking up whatever the next session to my campaign should consist of. Sure, there are some sources for pre-generated plot plot hooks out there, but I already have something to work with, and I have nebulous ideas of what I want to create in the long run, such as introducing conniving politicians who can manipulate and outspend anyone, and maybe some supernatural elements, because who doesn't love evil cultists and dark portents? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, but I suck at trying to translate these vague concepts into something real, especially something that I can bring to the table as a plan for which I'm hoping to accomplish with a session. Any advice on, on 
how one solves these top-down writer's block. Okay, we're going to read the whole email, and then we'll go back and talk about that, because that's kind of going to be our topic for the night. Mm. Uh, midpoint, take a drink. Unfortunately, I cannot, because I'm probably driving while I'm listening to it as you read this. Oh, my. Don't die. Thank you, sir. Everything else we can fix. Yeah. We'll take drinks for this you. This bottle has an overflow problem. <laughs> it's a very no. tiny neck for This mug has an empty problem. <laughs> There's beer in there, but mostly IPAs and Michelob Ultra, if you guys want to know. What are you doing? I don't know. You pointed at the bag. What else there is there? Oh. <laughs> All right, question two. You actually drink. Since I like world creation so much, I like generic no-setting RPG systems. The ultimate of these would seem to be GURPS. Woo! And it's not working. Oh, there, there it goes. Go. No. <laughs> the tiniest of claps for herbs. You're crossing the matter of a male prostitute. <laughs> All right. Uh, the, the, ultimate, the, the ultimate of these would seem to be GURPS, uh, which I've wanted to try for about 10 years now. However, I am only one, I'm the only one I know of who knows anything about it. And even though I've tried reading the basic set books, I would say I'm, I still know nothing. Pathfinder was a lot easier to learn simply because everyone plays it, and I, like many others, learn best through example. Thus, I was thus delighted to see the Cabanic game. That's the GURPS fantasy game I ran Mm -hmm. on Google Plus for some listeners. It's had five or six sessions, I think, uh, on the podcast feed. Uh, But then I was quickly disappointed. The story was great, but I was hoping that it might give me, have given me an idea of how to actually run the game. Instead, Stu had to be an asshole, which is my want, <laughs> by being a great GM and making everything run smoothly and with minimal rules explanations at the table. That's right. <laughs> so I was left with a very entertaining story and no idea how to run GURPS, a GURPS game myself. <clears throat> well, I guess that's not true. I learned that hiding the crunch from the table is a virtue. No one needs to see the man behind the curtain, especially if that man is not wearing pants. That's not true. We can <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. Do you have any suggestions for resources that may actually help me learn to run GURPS as a GM? In particular, both character creation and combat seem to be potential nightmares. Furthermore, I don't want my first effort to crash and burn, which could turn my players off of the idea of GURPS entirely. Keeping with the hour 11 analogy from season 12, episode 5, I want to bring adequate amounts of lube to the table so that no one leaves with any regrets. Other than the obvious ones. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps I could try to exercise... The, the exercise of outfitting our fate characters uh, with GURPS character sheets, but what sort of point-by numbers would you set uh, for characters designed to be freaks? Uh, all the best, and thanks for delightful podcast, Dan. Yeknom02 on the forums, yeah, even though I, I don't have not posted anything. P.S. Are there any books beyond GURPS basics that, that are virtually mandatory, or will these get me through 90% of my GURPS needs? PPS, damn you all for getting me into L5R, which I've fallen in love with and which nobody has heard of. Except the guys at Gen Con, apparently. Yeah, right. and yeah. me. 
and, and me, surprisingly. Because it's all I have heard about for the past three weeks. Yeah, everybody's Seriously, been screaming about this. L5R. There you go. I'm really glad you asked the GURPS question because I want to know the answer. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to get one. into it and have no idea where to start. I have I, I have a, a book. I, I actually, when I got this email, I went to go and try to buy a book by friend of the show and local who I'm trying to get on the podcast, the MOOC, who is the West Coast guru of GURPS. Uh, he has written a book for Steve Jackson Games called How to Be a GURPS GM. And I, my review copy never showed up, oh. but I went online with my little credit card, which I had to pry out of my wallet, and I w- went on to go and buy it, and I got an error message from the Warehouse 23 webpage. <gasps> now, I don't know why, but I was not able to buy it. So, Mook, you need to call them up and find out WTF, because... Mm-hmm. Sales, brother. Sales. <laughs> anyway, um, I have heard from the reviews, though I cannot give you a, a personal recommendation, because I have not read it, that that would probably be a good thing to start with. It's ten, like ten ninety nine or ten ninety or something like that if you buy it from Steve Jackson Games. It's a PDF that you can download immediately if the site works, which it didn't for me. Now, I use Google <laughs> Chrome. Maybe you need to use, like... Explorer. Internet Explorer six point oh, I'm guessing, or Firefox. <laughs> something yeah. like that. Maybe you need to use the old Netscape. Oh, I'm not sure. Hey man. I'm not Opera. Sure. No. Opera. <laughs> We not opera, but I was not Netscapes. able to download it, so I I was not able to even even skim it. So, but I have heard that that M- Mook did do an excellent job in that. <laughs> so where's that? Don't play with the band. I wasn't. Sorry, my I was shifting it over so I'd stop elbowing it, and then the headphones cord snapped back and decided to play. The banjo calls everyone to play it. Everyone yeah. wants to play the banjo when it's in there. Yeah. Uh, it's because we're all adults. We have to touch the things that make noise. <laughs> <laughs> now, just in generally speaking, if you were going to play GURPS or try to run GURPS with brand new players who have never played GURPS before, my, my first suggestion would be to hide character creation from them as much as possible, i.e. make the characters for them. It will only confuse them. It will. It, <laughs> it, 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 it is going to cause, what is it called, structure hunger? Uh, there is so many options for absolutely everything. I understand. That, that <laughs> the people people will become paralyzed by the number of sheer options that are set before them. So it's actually a great idea to take their fate characters and go into the GURPS book yourself. And this will take you some time. It will take you some reading. To build the characters as you see them as close in, in GURPS as you could and then hand them those characters. Now, as far as points, at this point, I wouldn't worry about that. I would Because, yeah, I mean, the, the point system in GURPS is pretty much the way that GURPS balances characters. But it, I could build a 100-point character that could kick the shit out of a 400-point character, character, depending on what I specialize character. in. <laughs> yeah. so, right, if I, I could make a combat monkey out of a 100-point character who could kick the shit out of a 500-point chef. <laughs> for example, so yeah, but why would you? I, well, why exactly. wouldn't you? It's the chef. You don't beat up the cook. It's a fucking five hundred point chef. You of all people. <laughs> if I could beat a fighter who could beat up Etienne, nobody can beat up Etienne. Only if he does it by But I, but I, I would, I would say to try. You, you will want to try to keep 
the the number crunchiness, especially of like the two hit mechanic and stuff like that, kind of away from the players fr- at the beginning. Maybe kind of let them know, okay, I'm going to give you this modifier because you're at this distance and things like that. Um, and try to keep those numbers away from them, generally speaking. But keep keep uh, character generation away. Um, stick to the basic combat system, which I believe is at the back of book one. It's like the last chapter of book one. Start with that. Uh, don't try to get into hit, uh, hit locations, unless the players say, oh, I want to shoot him in the head. And then, you know, if you have the group's uh, GM screen, you'll have, oh, that's neg five to hit the head, so you're at neg five to hit, go ahead and make your roll. And have those options there for the players, because that's kind of where the magic of GURPS really happens, is when the players decide they want to do something very specific, and the rules are there to cover what it is they want to do. And if you can show them the flexibility of the system that way, I think that would be the best thing to do. I don't know if there are any other um, actual plays out there for GURPS, uh, or any like rules explanations. Group's light. I'd start with group's light because that's small. And do they really have like a light version? Yeah, it, it's not. It's kind of more like an introduction. That's cool. Yeah, it, it's free. I think you can get it down from their web page. That would be less scary. Do we want to do that instead? Can we do the the, the less scary version the first time? Mm-hmm. So I can like get my Where feet wet. I'm really afraid of it. I want to play GURPS really bad. I could, I could bring a one-shot for you guys. <gasps> that would be, be a, dude, okay. I would love that. Yes. <laughs> I can do that. Because I want to oh like, get to so know the system, because Gerps. I like building a lot of my own stuff when mm-hmm. I do yeah, I love but, customization. But I... I oh, and to be fair, I haven't sat down and looked at it in a while, but I remember I sat down like a few years ago and cracked the book open and had, had that moment of total... Like, complete overwhelmed... Yeah. <laughs> you know... Like system shock. Well, I, oh, I was so introduced. What do I do? I was introduced to GURPS before I was really introduced to like D and D. So I, I just kind of looked at it and went, "Oh, this is a lot of stuff." And okay, uh, mm-hmm. did a play by email game for a couple months, and then um, later got into D and D. And thinking back on GURPS now, I'm like, that was really different. I don't remember anything about it, yeah. but I remember I it was really different. Yeah, I'm usually not too overwhelmed, yeah. but it's I like, think it very much. The, char- the character generation it. system is daunting. It's kind of like Hero, same thing. The character generation system for Hero is ridiculous. I mean, the, yeah. the Hero character gen book is like is like a phone book. It, yeah. it, it's it's like that thick. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. So that's the uh, the thin line that I walk because I prefer to play systems where I can customize my characters a lot. Yeah. That like has a lot of customization, but I yeah, hate rules heavy systems and yep. like yeah, it's yeah, impossible to find be one where I can get both. <laughs> but it needs to be easy to be a special snowflake. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, getting to his his first question, which is kind of what I kind of want to talk about mm-hmm. over the next maybe 15 yes. or 20 minutes, yeah. is uh, how do you go from a vague idea to a completed scenario? Um, and th- this is kind of like the, the first... On our survey, we asked people, what do you want more of? And one of the things overwhelmingly that people wanted to hear us talk about more was general scenario design stuff. Hmm. Tips and how you go about... What I'd like to talk about today is how we go from the process of having an idea for a story and turning it into a completed scenario, or at least mm-hmm. enough of a scenario to be able to run a game. I, I have thoughts. We have thoughts. Y'all have, we have so many have opinions. Thoughts. Go to. Um, so, my first thought 
uh, upon reading this was that uh, I mean, you you really need an A plot. You're trying to put together a ton of encounters, and you're not gonna there there's no structural integrity uh, going on there. Yeah, and and you know that. It sounds like you know that. Um, and if you already have a general idea for an A yeah, plot, you said you make a B plot. Nebulous. Okay. And what do you mean by an A plot? Okay, so an A plot is like uh, what I mean is. Um, you said that the game starts out that they're members of a traveling carnival in a steampunk world, which is fucking awesome. I want to play this game, yeah, right. by the way. Especially if you introduce supernatural elements. This like mm-hmm. It's my jam. I'll be there in ten. Yeah, be there in ten. <laughs> um, and you, you know, they're members of the freak show, da-da-da. That's great. Um, that's the setting. And then the first, the first part is uh, a missing person's case, which turned into a murder. Rockin'. Why? Why was it why? Like, I, I'm sure that you probably have reasons for it that you didn't cover in the email, but you have to think about if that ties into the overall plot. What are, what are they doing? What are the PCs in the... Yeah, A plot. A plot is what's the, a plot? the what's, main story. What's what happening? story did you want to tell from beginning to end? So are you talking, you're talking about like a sort of like a, a meta plot that will cover mm-hmm. the course of several yep. sessions yep. or episodes. Yeah, what's the direction you're going while episodic <clears throat> things happen in between that lead you along that path? Yeah, okay. what what is happening in the world when you're play- without your players there? What would happen if the PCs were not there is a good way to think of it. Do you have an evil, okay. bad overlord who's trying to take over all of the steampunk and make them all... Do a thing. Do a thing stuff. with the stuff. Uh, you know, whatever. Whatever it is. How would he go about that? Maybe he's trying to build the first airship and, you know, world domination. Uh, what would happen if the players weren't there to muck it up? Because that's players' jobs. Yeah, how would he go about it? And how do the, the players affect those those things? Yeah. It, all it takes is one domino, and then if they muck up one thing, what's he going to do after that? What has mm-hmm. changed for him? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, a, you, a simplification of If that. you can figure out a, what overarching plot you want for this and what kind of story you want to tell with what... I mean, you, know, you want to go on knowing what, what kind of story you want to tell and what themes you want. Like, I know that that's, that's so high school. What's the theme what's of the this theme? novel? <laughs> but it, it's totally true. You want to know what kind of story you want to tell and then you can be consistent from the very beginning mm-hmm. when you have to make calls in the middle of game as to... Oh, I don't know. I didn't think of that. What kind of... How, how, why would the bad guy be... Carrying sixteen crates full of chickens. Why yeah. is that relevant? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you can figure it out. And then you yeah. figure why it's. But um. And as long as you go in knowing more or less what you want to do, that'll help you write the games from there. Because then, as the players continue to affect the world, it, how does that affect the plot? How does that affect if you have a big bad villain? How does that affect the villain? How does that affect what he's doing? And that'll help you build more, because then they have to react, right? So then you're going to sit down and think, okay, well, the players have done this, and this screws up what they were planning to do, or changes, or, or otherwise interacts with what they were planning on doing. Consistency yep. is, a really, is a really big thing. Um, w- as far as planning encounters and translating them into, into something real, um, usually what I will do is I'll come up with a with a scenario because writer brain just throws scenarios into uh, oh I want to cryogenically freeze a PC that would be cool make it an encounter make it, it like a timed thing so that the other players have to figure out how to fix it before you know whatever okay why would that happen right <laughs> first of all I need a Mr. Freeze I need a guy <laughs> um, second of all I need a reason for him to be a Mr. Freeze I need a dead wife uh, then I need, you know, and you just, and then all of a sudden you you've got a story. And so. all of a sudden one of the players is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Which, what player isn't I Batman, mean, really? Well, that, that is, I mean, the ones who are Superman. 
Shut up. That, 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 that is kind of the same same way when you're working with a mystery is you figure out what happened first mm-hmm. and then you work your way backwards. Yeah, and then you right. figure Sometimes out how nobody happened. knows what happened. Right, yeah. right. Yes. What was missing. And if you're having trouble coming up with the ideas in the first place, sometimes um, I usually personally... Like, I tend to have ideas get thrown at me, and the, and the players will, will sort of give me an idea as to what it is that they're trying to do, and that helps me build the story around them. Like, I, I, I tend to build the story around the players and what their goals are and what they want to do as much as I can. But if you're literally just like, I just need a, a filler episode, or I don't know where to lead them next, they're waiting for me to hand them a plot hook. Uh, especially in a, in a setting like this, I assume that you've had some amount of exposure to this kind of genre, like... If you've read Night Circus or whatever, um, which I haven't, and I really want to, Um, some of it I like what I read. read But um, look at the things about that kind of setting and genre that really immersed you in it and made you fall in love with it in the first place, and then just shamelessly take it and apply it to your setting. Mm -hmm. Like, and just just take it. Whatever elements of it made you wild about it, take that and figure out a way to translate it and apply it to what you're writing already. Um, and that not only will that involve you in the storyline, but it'll probably involve the players even more. So like that's, if you like to, that's what I tend noir, to do. If yeah. you like to noir setting, what do you take from noir? You take dramatic and the dame. Yeah. And the, the rest writes itself. Yeah. Sometimes a narrator. You Sometimes know, a narrator. Lots of yeah. cigarettes. Lots of, lots of and, cigarettes and, and whiskey. I sit down and I'm like, oh God, I don't want to write a noir game. What do I want to like, yeah. I'll, Maybe I'll play L.A. Noir. noir. Yeah, and finding good Nor. good uh, inspiration. I'm typing with my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a thing. So, but finding inspiration also outside inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's like if you run out of words, you got to go and read so you can put the words back in. Yep. And it's the mm-hmm. same with ideas. Uh, what, what was that thing you used to say? The um, good writers borrow, great writers great steal. Writers yeah, steal. that's yeah. what it is. Um, Finding something that you you can latch onto from that is the mm-hmm. perfect idea for that. Inspire yourself. Go out of your way to inspire yourself, even if it's only for episodic stuff that only kind of vaguely drops stuff for the main plot hook. It's okay yeah. for that too. One, of, it, one of the things that 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 struck me about the, the premise for this, and also what, for Stork's at Stork and Dave's uh, freak show game that they run at the con, mm. is this really lends itself to a sort of monster of the week kind of formula mm-hmm. yes. where every week there's some uh, kind of monster and and yeah. in, in an, if you have a game where you have a lot of busy people you can have sort of a large pool of characters that you can pull from and say okay this week you're going to go to Egypt and there's oh going to be a mummy and now I want mm-hmm. a Scooby Doo game and, right <laughs> like that. And, then, and then what you can do is have this monster of the week thing and maybe over the course of two or three sessions mm-hmm. there doesn't seem to be any overarching yeah, plot yeah. and then sneak it in and if you from the very beginning mm-hmm. know what that plot is or if you can retcon it from that first session that you've run mm-hmm. you can find an element of mm-hmm. that plot in every episode mm-hmm. and maybe at some point the players are like wait a minute there's one guy behind all this yeah, shit they right? the key to the key to writing a good overarching a plot is not necessarily to absolutely know what you're doing from the beginning having an idea of what you're doing from the beginning definitely helps but the key to writing a good overarching a plot that makes sense and is consistent is the ability to improv yes. and remember <laughs> what you did in session one even if right. you had no freaking idea where you were gonna go or what you were gonna do and you just have the bad guy drop a MacGuffin 
in session one, you can figure out what the fuck it's for in session 12. Yep. Sure. And then it looks like you planned it from the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you're <laughs> goddamn brilliant. Weird Weird is very important. <laughs> and, you know, that somebody's going to hold on to it because players uh-huh. hold on to everything. Players and you eventually give them a portable hole and they're like, yay! Yep. Just vacuuming up everything. Around. <laughs> <laughs> Does this matter? No. Does this matter? Yeah, no. That's the way it works. Although I have really, been that player. Yeah. I, I'm still that player in Fallout Three. <laughs> so, kind of, kind of narrowing in a little bit on on this. If you have a vague idea of about an adventure, what is the creative process that you use to take that vague idea and turn it into an entire scenario? That's a big question. I know. Yeah, it is <laughs> to narrow that. No, I can kind of. I can kind. Anyone who's going to play in my L5R game at the game convention in two weeks, stop listening now, because I'm going to talk about it. Because I've just been working on this now, and that has kind of... Excuse me, I have to leave. Yeah, I was going to say, are there yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, Can we no, play? No, okay, not. Right. I wish. Can we? It's only four players, and it's yeah. full. So yeah. whoever they are, if you're out there, goddammit, and I will know though. if you heard this. <laughs> the, the basic plot for that scenario is there's... Have you guys heard the the actual play at all? Uh, not for L5R. Not for, not yeah, for the L5R, no. okay. I haven't gotten to that one um, yet. There, there is an ongoing campaign, and this the, the game I'm going to run is going to be other characters within this family that the, all the, the campaign characters mm-hmm. belong to. They basically have to go and sort of clean up a mess that the campaign characters caused. That's the, that's the plot <laughs> of the nice. adventure that is going to get run at the con. Cool. So there's going to be four players four characters who are part of this family. The other players are off doing whatever it is they're doing, and there's a mess they have to go clean up. And they have to go to uh, this particular f- uh, family's house in another clan. It's called the Crab Clan within within the L5R mm-hmm. thing. And the Crab Clan... Ay, 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 <laughs> exactly. And, and I wanted to make them... I wanted to make them different. I, they're, they're basically going to sort of smooth over an affront that has been caused to their family honor mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. by these other people and ensure that relationships between the two families remain intact that's their goal feudal custodians exactly yeah. <laughs> so but and i and i was sitting there trying to think of what i want to do and i said i want to make them th- this is a a minor vassal family of this crab clan. This is a this big great clan that basically protects the rest of the empire from this evil undead army that's constantly Look trying to invade. Right? Yeah. So they have this wall that they put up, and it's it's actually very Game of Thrones, except it probably predates Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, now I've got the songs stuck in my head. Right. Dun dun da 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 Right. So there's this enormous wall, and there's the Shadowlands beyond it, and there's all these undead, horrible, evil creatures trying to come in, and they basically maintain this wall and fight everything off. So I picked a vassal family of this of this clan, and I said, "What is their portion of this wall like?" And I said, "Instead of it just being a wall, I want it to be a cliffside. Mm-hmm. So like, there's this enormous, mm-hmm. you know, forested mountain, and then all of a sudden, there's this drop, and it's like 500 feet down cool. into this like horribly evil place. And that's what I started with. I wanted it to be different. So the wall." Between all the other families of this clan, connect where this huge cliff face is. Mm. Now that makes them, amongst the crab clan, they kind of have an easy job, right? Because they don't have to, 
maintain the wall. They've got yeah, a fucking cliff, cliff, right? Yeah. That's really diff- Not many easy undead are going to be getting up there, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them don't pack pythons. Right. <laughs> so I tried to figure out how... Now, th- how are they going to create honor amongst themselves and be impressive to the rest of the of the crab clan? When they're so, like... Exactly. So I decided what they do. The, the the geography of the place is that there is constantly a veil of fog in the Shadowlands, so they can never actually see what's down there. Mm. And because of that, all of the shadow creatures that live in this on the other side of this wall use that area to basically organize whatever attacks against the wall they're going to do. So what this particular family of the Crab Clan does is they have built this giant sort of medieval elevator that all of the samurai get onto, and it's lowered down into this mist oh, every day. Squeaky, squeaky, squeaky dog. All the way down. That's so cool. And they go out and search around and try to find and either re- observe and report if they're too far away to actually intervene, or go in and try to disrupt their plans, or take out whatever it is. And then the peasants up on top, there's you know a, a long rope or something with a bell. When it's time for us to pull us back up, they ring the bell, and the peasants pull them all back up this 500 foot cliff. Oh, that's now so of many course, questions. the poor fucking peasants, they don't know what's coming up on the elevator either. And a zombie could pull on the rope that's connected to the bell just as easily as a samurai can. So sometimes when they pull on, when they pull the rope back up, it's full of fucking monsters. Surprise! Right. So, <laughs> Let go. Yeah. So, but I wanted to distinguish. I wanted to, to distinguish this family from the rest of the crab clan, but yet have them still be like this insanely brave, selfless people yeah. that protect the rest of the empire. And so that's kind of the way I came about it. And from that idea, I came up with okay, well. At some point, maybe the clan, in order to like make amends with the 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 have the PCs make amends, maybe there's going to be an ordeal. Maybe maybe Send you guys need to go down there and yeah. and mm. and and help us out. And let's see if you come back up. We'll Very find good. out when when the bell rings. You know. So and it gave me little plot devices I can use once Seven once I figured out fuck. that part of it. This so. guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. This guy. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you're playing in the game and you just heard that, you just fucked up because you just fucked up the big surprise. So fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. So, I have a terrible memory. So I have to use stuff that I'm doing recently for stuff like that. But that's, that's at least an example of where I came up with, I had a basic small idea and how I'm turning it. I'm not done with my prep, but that's how I'm turning it into... An entire scenario. So your yeah. answer is unleash your imagination. Well, <laughs> Which well is yeah, really, you can go. You can go at it either way. The way I described earlier with with Mister Freeze's analogy was kind of going from supervillain backwards. How right. did he become mm-hmm. a supervillain? And what you just described was c- going with a tenuous idea of mm-hmm. I want these people to be different. How are they different? And then you built on that up. So it, you can really ju- you can really go either way, but the the key to both of those things is just logic, making it make sense. Mm-hmm. It has to make sense. See, also, a so- good amount of studying on uh, a story and specifically yes. character development, understanding mm-hmm. how that happens. You knew that you needed to do more than just give them a cliffside. 
Right. You needed yeah. to give them something else because honor. Yeah. If you and want, if they wanted to have honor in that society, yes. like it's yes. a big fucking deal. So how do I give them honor with the cliff side, which makes them different? I put fog at the bottom. What mm-hmm. happens with the fog? Having that logical yeah. order, is, which also gives you the ability to go, why is there fog? Yes, and knowing yeah. to right. ask the right questions mm-hmm. is always a big deal. That's a, that's I, a, a side, slight side tangent there with uh, character motivation and drive. Very important for villains. Oh, oh yes. no, they absolutely need to have a reason to do everything that they're doing. Just saying. It's it's more important sometimes yeah. than having your players have a reason cuz they'll uh, they'll find one. I <laughs> think for yeah, for the GM especially, it's critical. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you don't even you, you need to worry a little bit about player motivations yeah. mm-hmm. just to kind of get them hooked in. Oh, of course. But you should know why your villains are the way they are yes. because that's going to inform anything that goes outside of what you've planned. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that you're going to draw on mm-hmm. to figure out when they decide, well, I want to go visit the bad guy's mom. Right. Yeah. And see what she's well, like. Yeah. Evil people don't think they're evil. Crazy yeah. people don't think they're crazy. Yeah. One and of the some, biggest things. See, sometimes when I'm when I'm building on scenarios like this and I'm sitting down and, and working on the creative process, uh, sometimes if I'm having trouble with, with a blooming idea like, you know, the, the crime plan or, or working backwards from a villain, uh, a villain I'll, um, I'll build backwards with the obstacles. Mm. And I'll literally start from, well, what's their biggest obstacle? Like, in the campaign that I'm running right now, their, their biggest obstacle is the fact that there's an ancient evil trying to come back into the world. Right? You know, standard. Yeah. Fuck that guy. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm always kind of trepidatious about this. I'm like, is she going to slip and guy. say something I don't want to know? Should I plug my ears? <laughs> no, it's all good. You're good. <laughs> so, so that's it's difficult to do this show because um, of that. Seriously. Right? So it's a, it's, th- that's their primary obstacle. But then from there, okay, well, uh, what's stopping them from walking out there and, and sticking a knife in the big bed right now? Not okay. much right now. Well, right now you're almost at the end of the campaign. <laughs> I've got a really shiny sword right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just... <laughs> Character arc, go. But so then I'll step back and think, okay, well, maybe the bad guy needs to specifically be killed by a MacGuffin. Okay, well, what's preventing them from immediately getting the MacGuffin? Well, maybe the MacGuffin's in a bunch of pieces, and it's all over the world, and they have to collect the MacGuffin, and then I can break it down into tiny, tiny pieces Mm -hmm. from what the obstacle is for each individual piece, that then they have to, and then once they have it, they still have to put it together, and I mean, like, and that way, that's how you build a campaign. Yeah, we've been playing this campaign for a while. Okay, In what's preventing way. that? What's preventing that? Mm-hmm. How? What are the steps they have to take the, to, that overcomes each obstacle to get to the ultimate end? How complicated for where they're going? Do I want to make it? <laughs> How <laughs> hard do she I want to? She had two different this? MacGuffins and pieces, actually. She did, she did. for <laughs> two separate parties. Yeah, that's because originally I was running it with two games, but yep. That shit happens. The, the merger happened, and I, they uh, liked I got each other. two separate campaign games for the same like overarching. It was really cool. It was and also now we a lot two characters easier to run yeah. two different campaign games before I had a full time job. Yes. Yeah. Now yeah. you get one game. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we're playing <laughs> two characters in our in our bi monthly game, which is making me crazy. I'm, gonna kill I'm running two campaigns right now, but mm. luckily we're only playing once a month. So right. It makes it a little easier. Yeah, this <laughs> is we easier. play about twice a month in this one, so it's not too terrible but it's right. still busy um but it's coming to the end anyway like i think we have one game coming up this tuesday and then i think we're gonna have a grand finale after that and that's probably gonna be it so sad i have the the desperate urge because i'm looking at i'm looking at the um specific like the fake game that he's t- talking about here with the nebulous ideas of uh, conniving politicians who can manipulate outspend everyone and evil cultists and dark portents and and 
uh, all that, and I really want all of that to come together. Yeah, those two things are totally related. They are amazing, and I want it all to come back to, like, the the evil people are actually the ones who make the freak show people who, like, the bearded lady, they actually create her, and the politicians are the ones that are, like, stopping the evil instead, and something mind-blowing with that. That Mm -hmm. is just off the top of my Mm head. IMO, that would work well. And if you could could figure out, like, right now, how whoever your big bad whoever your big bad guy is, mm-hmm. how he was responsible for that first scenario, yeah, and kind yeah. of in your head, idea. kind of work on that, that now, ideal. and that can ha- kind of help you with your game prep later yeah. on. What other things might that same guy do in a similar vein? And they don't all have to be related. You mm-hmm. can have episodes. I mean, there's episodes of Battlestar Galactica to take a a series that has we filler. Mm-hmm. Uh, abs- absolutely, yeah. yeah. You can have whole episodes about you know the. When when they brought uh, Richard Hatch in, and like we're going to have a bunch of episodes about the politics, mm-hmm. that don't have anything to do with the Cylons. Yeah, and side yeah. quests are not bad. Sometimes. Absolutely, yep. Side quests happen, and you never know; they're always going to be looking for clues to the main plot. Yeah, and right. it's a nice, the it's a nice you can break. Drop them. I usually like to take take players occasionally on side quests for refreshing change of pace, and then like reward them with something linked to the A plot at the very end, I like and then that, that ties immediately back in. It kicks them right back into the A plot mm-hmm. as soon as they're done. But they get that side quest totally uninhibited. Yeah, while well, right. we're getting drunk at the tavern, somebody overhears something. Yeah. Bam, done. Uh, also, a, a really good to kind of explore individual PCs. Right. Mm-hmm. Sort yeah. of backstories and stuff say, without is, having to tie it in. Yeah. Backstories when I have great. When I have those moments where I'm sitting down and I'm trying to figure out what to do for game next to, to tie back to the, like, how do you plan... If I have a moment where, I, like, I'm, I'm kind of stalled on the A-plot and possibly even a B-plot or something, and I don't know where to go next. And I, I really don't... I just don't have the, the, the motivation, or I don't know. I'm, I'm searching for direction. I like to sit down and reread the players' backstories. Mm-hmm. Because that's the time when you want to kick in somebody's personal plot again. It's sure. just like, if all else fails, hit somebody over the head with personal plot and find a way to tie it back in if you can. And if not, you'll figure out something at the end to kick them back to where you were going. Or but, their habits. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like... My character, Hiel, is a womanizer. How much trouble could that possibly get him in? <laughs> Just toss out an assassin lady, and the whole party goes nuts for an entire session. Yep. He almost had a, a Mrs. Reynolds uh, oh. episode where he <laughs> no, he encountered a, a tribe of of uh, worshippers of various types of, of animals, and it occurred to him at the last minute that if he slept with this lady that she worshipped a type of animal that mates for life, and that might get him in trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a very exciting day. Really glad you made that intelligence roll. <laughs> I'm not! Bless his heart. I didn't think he had enough blood in the top thing. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time he'd gotten to sleep with a woman in a while. Oh! oh it's true. <laughs> It's not my fault. The dice roll as they you're, are. Yeah, you're traveling. You take what you can get. <laughs> right, b- before uh, we move, move on to the next email, I just want to make a quick announcement. As I mentioned last week, uh, the, there's an RPG podcasters uh, community on G+. And we have, this year, sort of very quickly had an ad hoc award for RPG podcasts for 2014. And we've had our nominations and our votes, and I just want to... These are already on happyjacks.org if you want links to the sh- particular shows. But we, we picked... Uh, f- we had four categories. Um, they were announced today. Uh, for the best new podcast, Numenera The Signal, and that's at numenerathesignal.blogspot.com. 
uh, for best actual play podcast, role playing public radio, actual play. That's actual play dot role playing public radio dot com. Uh, for best industry news podcast, all games considered, agcpodcast.info. And then for best podcast of 2014, Fear the Boot at feartheboot.com. So those are the four winners well this year. Congrats, uh, guys. Each of those four podcasts are not going to be eligible for next year's mm-hmm. for those four categories, for that particular category they won for. So, um, and I, probably sometime, I would imagine probably in early summer or something we'll do nominations for the for next year so if you are a podcaster and you are not a member of the g plus rpg podcast community search for rpg podcasts on g plus and you can find it and ask to join and we will let you in and that's it so congratulations to all of the winners of those Yay! and that's it and then on to the next email which is from larson who would like to read larson's email not it Wait, is it Larson. short? Yes, they're I can all do short ones. Oh, they're all short now. That was one of the <laughs> that was one of the comments from our, our survey. Yes, uh, email from Larson. Hi, I mark this mail as urgent, not so much for my own sake, but I really wanted it to be read with the latest episode still fresh in memory. I promise to be brief. Thank you, dude. Because <laughs> I can't keep reading. Um, in episode ten, season twelve. The one where Stork had suffered a mysterious nose accident and couldn't attend. Okay, that was us. That was us. Yay! Uh, you talked... <laughs> nose accident, really? <laughs> God, that was an awful punch. I didn't want to punch my mic. Oh, God. That's what happened, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you talked both uh, about good villains who don't consider themselves evil and the problem with the spell Detect Evil. Yes, we did. <laughs> we already touched on that a little bit. Uh, as a librarian and a totally awesome dude, I must point you toward the superb comic Order of the Stick. <laughs> yes! Yes! Yes. <laughs> it's all we hear about from Twin is Order of the Freaking Stick. Because if you're going to start a tabletopping webcomic, yes. you need to read it, we do. We, we do. we do. We will. We will. We do. Uh, first, the main antagonists are a pair of villains where one does what he does for a greater good, while the other is an evil, diabolical bastard, knows it, and enjoys it. The comic <laughs> plays them against each other to great effect and shows that, kind of, that both kinds of evil can be viable in good stories. Secondly, the comic has several examples and plot points of how detect evil can go wrong. And the juridical implications. Did I say that right? Juridical? Yeah, juridical implications of this. So check it out. Uh, www.giant... ITP. It's ITP. Giant, it's giant in the playground. Ooh.com. So it's Thank giant you. ITP. Uh, sorry for making this mail urgent. Well, you should be. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Clearly, Order of the Stick is not urgent enough. Oh. I will wait in line like a good boy next time. She's just tired of hearing about it because <laughs> Twin tells us like twice a day that we need to read this comic. I so don't. <laughs> I have laid off. <laughs> like every time we're like, and the webcomic, oh, we should do this thing. She's like, you know, in Order of the Stick, they did this, but they totally did it this way. Like, Shut up! <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it. I hear it's really good. Yes. No, seriously, it's amazing. And and the the plot point about detect evil and how it can go wrong is actually one of my all time favorite storylines in that whole thing. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to speak too much on it because these two are gonna be ideally reading it later, and I imagine some other people will. But I recommend it. And the lead sheet nonsense is fucking hilarious. Yeah, the lead sheet. It takes a single lead sheet of, like, what, a quarter inch thick or something yeah, like something that? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Uh, that you can, you can shield yourself from detect evil. They didn't actually say how large it had to be. So I suppose if you just cut a little square 
like aluminum foil <laughs> style on your head. I don't. <laughs> yeah, just hold it right there. <laughs> Tin foil hat. Line of sight. Just put it over one of their eyes. <laughs> but no, it's great. And the villains are so fantastic, and that I, I they make me laugh all the time. I can't wait for the the monster in the darks storyline to come out more. I, I'm, I'm actually behind on it. I need to catch up, but. I Me too. Excited. I know, right? As in, I need to start. <laughs> the only ones I see are the ones that are like linked on Facebook because everyone and their mother can't even get over how funny it is. <laughs> all Sometimes. the time, I'm like <laughs> scrolling through and I'm like, oh, there's stick figures again. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Part of the reason that this shirt. The, the please stop talking in my XP shirt makes me laugh so fucking hard is that it always makes me remember the haha run my tiny little chunks of XP yeah. <laughs> my cringy little bits of XP oh, oh, so that. good I, I finally opened up the Q&A because there's hey. a Q&A app Woo-hoo. on G Plus ah. Tomer asked a question which I think is important okay can we can, can someone please define a MacGuffin for the newbies <gasps> Oh, sorry. Uh, so a MacGuffin is uh, basi- it's a it's a widget. <laughs> it's a that, thing. It's not helping. You're <laughs> no, using one sorry. terminology. Uh, another. A MacGuffin, the MacGuffin is the thing. Um, in a certain sense, you could you could argue that uh, in Lord of the Rings, the One Ring is the MacGuffin. It's the thing. It's the thing there. that solves everything. It's the thing if that you do that either. The yeah, that solves everything. It's the it's, key to everything. Thank you. It's, I was going to say it's, it's, the, it's the important item yes. around which a lot of things revolve. Yes. yes. Usually that the players must collect in order to I, solve problem X. I feel like a. I feel like a terrible writer because I don't. I can't come up off the top of my head with where the term originated from. I think right? it was. I think it was. Uh, uh, good evening. Dun, 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 dun. Come on, Stork, you're in there. Oh, fuck. Um, um, Alfred Hitchcock. I think uh, Alfred Hitchcock uh, coined the term. Well, yeah, was it? Okay. For a singer, he coined the I did term. Not okay. That tune he had, uh, well, he had a. She used to have a show. Yeah. Yes. He, and they he would come out and they had like a little the silhouette profile of, his, of yeah. him. Yeah. Yep. Which was awesome. Alfred Hitchcock presents. Exactly. Yep. Right. But okay. yeah, I think he's the one that coined the term. Okay, that would, uh, that would not shock me. Um, yeah, so it's usually it's it's a thing uh, utilized in in like mystery type. Uh, there's there's a a thing that you need to have or get that the good guys have and the bad guys want or vice versa. And da, da, da. so that's that's what a MacGuffin is. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Sometimes it's a person, the thing, but generally, a sometimes thing. sometimes people. it can be a people. Generally, I mean, that's when you wanted to you decide See, to go ahead and take the old. One you know, giant escort quest. Yeah, one giant oh escort. Look at uh, Firefly. What was the MacGuffin there? Well, yeah, it was a little bit river. That's yeah, true. that was river. Yeah. See, I river would actually like argue in MacGuffin. Lord of the Rings. I would actually argue that that Frodo might be the MacGuffin, at least at some point. Oh. At least to Gandalf. Well, I Gandalf's oh looking at that story from a completely different perspective yes, than everybody yes, else. So, so many, yeah, I mean, Frodo is kind of Gandalf's MacGuffin, but really, but in whoa it, to the whoa. Re- Hey-o. <laughs> Hey-o. Oh, how's that for a chopper? <laughs> now I'm thinking of all the implications of Harry Potter and the MacGuffin. Whoa. Harry Potter and the Whoa. MacGuffin. Harry Potter and the being a MacGuffin. It uh, really is. I'm pretty sure it was just the scar. That scar was another character entirely. Because it would grow warm. It would have like feelings based on how things go. Whether or not you'd see it. It was like hiding like an emo kid sometimes. and It, it was made to be a thing. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the ring was another character. Well, they even you know, say so. Well, the ring was ring. almost like a, a miniature was, part of Sauron's. The ring was will. Sauron's. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, items of great evil sentience are yep. sort of a. Like, nah. what, are you, what are you guys gonna do with that sword? <laughs> All right. Anyway. 
<laughs> All right. Next email. Should we go to the next one? Yeah, sure. And it, Larson, damn you for sending in a non-urgent, urgent email. What are you doing? What you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> next email is from Ross. Ross. With two S's. Is that, is that sword sentient? I don't know what sword she's talking about. What are, t- what are you guys talking about? It's is not it, evil. In, in your game? Yeah. I don't evil. think it's evil. The one that you I gave the cleric? Which sword did we give the cleric? We'll talk about it later. What sword did we since give we the cleric? <laughs> what sword did we give the cleric? Ed, are you in chat? What sword did we give you? <laughs> oh my god. No, he's busy driving up to Big Bear. Yeah. Oh no, we put it in the portable. We put it in the no, bag we, of we holding. No, we shoved it in a I bag remember. of holding. It's fine. Oh god. <laughs> Sorry. I just had a minor panic attack. You Sorry. guys understand this, right? The nerds know the panic attack of, oh god, did we give a sentient evil sword to the cleric? <laughs> yes, we did. <clears throat> Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Sorry. Go for it. Email um, from Ross. Who wants yeah. to read Ross's email? It's back to me? Can't no, be back to no, me. It's okay. Not. No, okay. Okay. Right. okay. Email from Ross. Hello, Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. I'm taking a little bit of time between bouts of servitude to write you from a company computer. Yay! Yay! <laughs> the keylogger invariably installed on this desktop is in for a cunting good time. <laughs> <laughs> Nice use of the verb. The verb tense. That's awesome. <laughs> I bet you. I'll, I'll, I'll lay four to one odds. This guy's from Australia. Boss comes in and is like, "Oh we, man, we have to talk. <laughs> Your gaming problems—they're—they're they're here. Uh, nothing to do with the language." I know you're experiencing a tough backlog of emails right now. Not but anymore! Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in for a penny, you might as well be in for a pound. <laughs> what are we still talking about here? Pound. I'm, uh, I'm hungry. I <laughs> still want to coin those. <laughs> happy Jack's Happy Meals? Yes, Happy Jack's Happy Meals, dude. Happy Meals. I want to see those toys. Wait, <laughs> I want to see those toys. Those little dice sets. <laughs> Sorry. What kind of beer would you like with your Happy Meal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I'm in. <laughs> this is Amazing. happening now. I'm putting together a How to Be a Game Master class at an FLGS, and I'd like your input on the curriculum. I'm dividing the class into three segments. One, improvising and characterization. Two, common game mechanics. And three, the brass tracks of session planning. Tracks. Brass tracks. My God. I don't want a railroad players doing session planning. I value your insight and would like whatever advice you can muster. Mm. Go GMs, muster. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Go oh, forth Im- and muster. Improvisation and characterization, I think, is a a, a wonderful subtopic for yeah. a game no. I think it really is. Yeah, it is, in my opinion, one of one of the the most important. You don't necessarily realize because you look at you sit down and you look at tabletopping as this this co op storytelling experience, and then halfway through the first game, you think. Shit, I have to improv things that didn't occur to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you know, and you so then you start having to build your improv skills from there, unless you already are, are blessed enough to be good at them. But even if you are, the players will inevitably blindside you with something. Where you're like oh, option what? orange. I adjusted that to our our friend Jeremy, oh who runs God. the game for us oh on a regular basis. I said Middle Earth, and she just she blew his mind. <laughs> he, he could not even. He was sitting there, and he just broke for like he just kept, he was staring at her, and was like, "You want it? You want a what? 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 Yeah. What? How do I even magic? What do I? That's what, I that's when I call that's when I call a bathroom break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he pretty much like, just said, "Okay, close door." 
going to solve this. Yeah, yes. just could not even handle it. Because once all the eyes of the players aren't staring at you, you're not right. under pressure. Yeah. It's and way you can easier. sit and work on a, and figure that part of it out. That's a, that's a good... That's good advice for that. Yeah, we, we usually have less pressure. Food at our sessions, so usually if a moment like that comes up, I might have a moment where I'm gonna be like, "All right, we're gonna have. I think things are gonna change after this. Why don't we have we had dessert yet? Let's do dessert. Let's yeah. break for dessert. Like need a moment. Yeah. Everyone grabs right. a Snickers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. She'll be Can like, we get coffee we, yet? Yeah. Yeah. Once? How about another round? Yeah, yeah. coffee. 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 <laughs> I actually, I actually think the common game mechanics because so many games are so different. Yeah. I mean, unless you're gonna sit and talk about D20 mechanics. Which is probably seventy percent of the people who play role playing mm-hmm. games. Um, I would. Rep- I think I might replace that with what to do when the characters go off the rails. Yeah, uh, I don't what, when they when they throw you a, a curveball. Yeah. And, and not railroading, really, like that, and not railroading because they're kind of hand in hand. And right. railroading yeah. was a huge thing. But I would also agree that common game mechanics isn't necessary. I Unless you're talking I mean, more about storytelling I was, mechanics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I was going to say I don't that think there's. He is. I, don't I, don't, yeah. he is. I don't think he's either. Not, but yeah. I mean, there there are still. Even between like D twenty versus dice pool versus you know blah, blah, blah. There, there's still some game mechanics that carry over you know that are super basic like MacGuffins. I, I want to well, MacGuffins. Story but, or like I want to do something that has a chance of failing. Well, you have to roll dice whenever that happens. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one <laughs> and thing that's all I can think of that is one thing that I, that actually is slightly related to that is um, uh, I think as a GM when to champion the players and when to step on them because sometimes you have well, to step on them yeah well, and it's, that it's, is in regards to mechanics it's the difference between between yes and and yeah. yes but yeah that's right. or, very or true. no there are reasons you must trust me yeah, yeah. Or, or no, no however you. yeah that, yeah <laughs> which also happens which is so <laughs> inappropriate <laughs> every once in a while but every once in a while it's, yeah i think that, that that's that's true that would be a i think a very important the, how to how to make that call between you could even just call it yes and versus yes but yeah um, mm-hmm. how to make that call uh, between but. when to when to say yes to the players and when doing so really hurts the integrity of the game yeah mm-hmm. um, and right. how you have to come up with something else some other reason why that's not working uh, but give them another you know another avenue um, and the brass tax of session planning can anybody explain what brass tax means for the newbies like me. It, it, it's like the the essential thing, the bare bones, the, of, yeah, the, the okay. most important part. Yeah, I think. The, the foundation. I'll look it up right now, but that's my understanding of the term. Okay, it's, it's the foundation of of session planning. That's um, something I've never heard before. Yeah. I like it. Like brass tacks. I'm sure it comes I've heard from of many brass things. Tax. I'm going to guess <laughs> Elizabethan times. That would make sense. Because brass tacks, T A C K S, are probably mm. expensive. So it's probably I don't know. I'll find no, out right I'm gonna, now. I'm going to yeah. go something very specifically military. <laughs> Google. I, I, I feel like I remember it being something specifically military, but I could be just making that shit up. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the brass tax of session planning, uh, yeah, and in terms of mustering advice, I don't know. Uh, improv, like we said, take a, a break if you need to, and characterization, I just... Uh, that's, that build things... G- give certain characters strengths and flaws, make them well-rounded, give them goals and ideals and what they're trying to accomplish. That's primarily it for characterization, for NPCs. What do they want? Yeah, to, to me, the most important thing is how they view the world, what it is they want, and why do they want it. Right. And that informs an enormous am- amount about the character and any sort of portrayal of that character you're going Absolutely. to do. And you can apply that to everything. It's not just like the right. big bad, where you're sitting down and being like, well, the big bad wants to make sure that he can rule the world by doing this thing because he has mommy issues like <laughs> or whatever but i mean it's it's just as much the 
this bartender is sitting in a small town and what he wants is for these people to not fucking cause a problem and stir up his small town mm-hmm. because he wants to make sure that people still come drink at his bar and give him tips right and you can use that to apply to to what what motivates any character brass tacks are a type of pin or nail in colloquial english the phrase to come or get down to brass tacks is sometimes used idiomatically, meaning to consider the basic facts of a situation. Nitty gritty. The nitte gritte, as it were. In regards to, then, the brass tacks of session planning, I like saying that now. Yeah, it's her tacks. It's her new favorite thing. Yes. <laughs> um, so, excuse the start. I'm an adult, so um, uh, in, in regards to that um, session planning, session planning. I like planning out things like how much time is this going to take? How quickly are your that. players going to actually sit the fuck down, shut up, stop eating, and play the game? How long does it take? Uh, also, pacing of your game. Pacing yeah. of your game is probably really important as yeah. well. I really Which, honestly, like is that. mostly practice. Yes. Figuring out how the pacing of the game is going to work out is just getting... It not only is it practice, but it's also getting to know the specific players yeah, you play Yeah, it's practice with. and knowing your players. Because it's going to be different for every group of players you play with. Yeah. Like, I, I have... I played in a game that was as big as the one I'm playing in now, which is not a small game. And I didn't have too much trouble keeping the players on task and, and keeping them moving, but in this particular uh, group that I have, I have a different mix of people, and it's it's a lot harder to keep the players on task. And ADD <laughs> mix of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah th- but, there's a... Um, th- I can think of all kinds of things that I would want to include, like little helpful hints Yeah. about like what how to read the table. Are the players getting bored? Yes. How, yeah. w- when when the action sort of starts to die down and there seems to be sort of a lull in the energy, what can you do to bring it back up? Mm-hmm. I don't My know, answer I don't is know usually kicking com- the door. Well, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. It, could, it could be that or, or it could be any number of things that yeah. might happen that oh, will I mean, cause the, the players to react. I don't right. necessarily mean with combat. You know, It could right. be yeah. any number of things, right. but, but it door. needs to be something. But so. I mean that—that's something to think about—is how to keep the energy of the game up, yes. and also when to let the energy of the game subside. Like yeah. the players have just been in combat and they're in an anxious position, letting them have that—you mm-hmm. know—be able to go back to their secret lair where they can be safe and right. sit and put out all of the props that are mm-hmm. out there and sit there and try to figure things out. Yeah. And anytime you hand them a drink yeah. at the tavern, anytime you hand them play. a puzzle, yeah. Right. Basically, anytime you hand them a puzzle, you might you're going to want to plan on some downtime. Maybe, maybe like in generally pacing, I think yeah. might might be yeah. Pacing might topic. be good, but that it it really it really com- a lot of it really comes down to just your players. Yeah. And even then, it's going to vary session by session. Our Monday night games sometimes we just can't settle down. There's only nope. like five of us, yeah. but we just sometimes we're, we're very happy to chat. see each other, <laughs> and we see each other every week. But yeah. occasionally, Jeremy will be like, guys. Guys, <laughs> guys, we start. Guys, oh yeah. yeah. Right. So like pacing in and out of game is something you definitely want to uh, to address in in session planning. Yeah. Yeah. But generally, generally when I sit down and, and I'm trying to plan a session, the biggest things that I try to hit are what's unresolved from last session, obviously. What note did they leave off on? And then st- I, I start to look at the basic story beats that I want to try to hit in that game for where it's leading on that on that overarching a plot. Uh, or even the B plot, or whatever I'm stepping into, whatever whatever plot line I'm following down, 
I want to sit down and, and just sort of think, okay, where, where does it make sense for them to go from here? What clues or, or information is, is essential for me to give them for them to move forward? Or what events must happen for it to lead into where I want it to go? Um, and yeah, then just sort of listening to the to the players right. is really absolutely, key for that. and then just tick down the things that can make that happen, and and leave it loose because the players will always fuck it up orange. somewhere. Yep. <laughs> Option <laughs> they'll orange. Always, they'll always flip the table on you somewhere where you don't expect. But you know, you want if you can it's figure okay, out the, the basic story beats, then then you know, even if they they achieve one story beat in a way that you weren't expecting, you can go, well, okay, I didn't expect that. I need to get them now to see how am I going to do that, and and that's when you can take a moment to improv or step away and mm-hmm. figure out the best way to, to give them a Just hook to get them to the next step. Mm-hmm. Stick them on the back of a dragon and fly them where they're supposed to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. That happens. So I, I think the first one, definitely. The first one is definitely really important. Mm-hmm. Um... The second one can be thrown out in favor of in favor of other things, and the the third one is kind of very all encompassing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You're gonna. I think you're gonna have to hit a lot of. Uh, you're gonna have to just barely touch a lot of very basics on brass tacks of session planning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean that 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 would be like if at a at a game convention that would be like an entire track yeah. of. Oh yeah. Absolutely. What do you things um, would be how to be a good GM? Your oh, yeah. uh, your talking points that you set out for us on when we run our panel about oh. running compelling LARPs. Oh, that, that might would, be on the internet. That might, somewhere. It might be on the internet somewhere, and it might um, be helpful. If you have a link, send it to me. Oh uh, yeah, I'll look it up. It's right. Right. Story. It might be on the WeirdCon website but somewhere. Yeah, we at the at the most recent WeirdCon and the one before that, we uh, we run uh, a panel that's called on creating and running compelling LARPs. That's all about sitting down and, and yeah. building a LARP setting and running the game to game. So there, there's some and stuff a lot that's of it not carries over, but a lot of it does. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of it actually does carry mm-hmm. over uh, between the two because I mean they're both just co-op storytelling experiences mm-hmm. where you're just being a DM with a bunch of players. Like, so it's. Um, uh, a lot of it does carry over, and, we and we touch to on a few things. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to find it. But most of it's things like pacing and having a good story in mind from the beginning, and knowing where you want to go and what kind of story you want to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, how to champion working, the players? Yeah, how to champion the players. Part of it's like how to work with your plot team, which is obviously not as applicable. But mm-hmm. for that, I'd replace like how to build your NPCs more effectively, and mm-hmm. right, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, one of the things that I that I. Oh, try to keep inside my GM screen, like taped in it, mm-hmm. is the five senses. And when I'm yes. ever I'm describing something, because I'm that that's something I'm terrible about, is to sit and make sure I hit on at least two or three senses nice. that describe the scene. Because it really helps the players viscerally yeah, that's a good idea. understand where yeah. they are. You know yeah. I mean? Imagination. Yeah, I think I think so, to me, the basic narrative skills. Yes, I was going to say yeah. to me, to me, developing your ability to to narrate a scene evocatively is probably like the the intermediate level of DMing, where well, you, okay, also, you figured out how to run a table, but now you have to figure out how to really make them want to come back again and again. Right. And, and that's, that's also really key in uh, yes and versus yet but. Yes but is the narration. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. if I, like as a player, I have been told you miss. And I have also been told you you fire the arrow and it just barely glances off his shoulder and you see sparks as it skitters off. And in the first one, I'm like 
Yeah, well, oh, all right, fuck you too. We'll <laughs> hire next time. Yeah. And then in that one, I'm like, oh my god, it was so fucking close. All right, and both times, next time, motherfucker. Yeah. Both times I missed, but right. the second time mm-hmm. I felt a lot better about it. And it was, it's just narration. It's just the way it's presented. I usually find narration is the easiest way to ease uh, yeah. a, a player. Uh, telling a player no, or otherwise yeah. having to, a, a player not necessarily failure, but you that's know, sort that's of no, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a player you know, like if they miss or something, even yeah. if it's not like a personal failure, they have screwed up. Even if it's just they don't necessarily get exactly what they're aiming for for whatever reason, I have usually found the narration is is the best way to yep. to ease that transition um, and and let them know. Try to, to tell a, a somewhat epic story about what they were trying to do and precisely well where it fell apart, but it was close yeah. or it was awesome or you know yeah, yeah. Et cetera, As et a player, I walk away feeling a little more accomplished. Yeah. yeah. Radzap in the chat room says LSD really helps when you're trying to describe the taste <laughs> of the colors the players see and the cool. sounds <laughs> of the light. <laughs> so I can see the zepto seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, synesthesia. <laughs> or muscle relaxants. They have a lot. They have. I could pop a Benadryl and a half and start running a game, and it would be a hell of a different game. An <laughs> 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 uh, email from Jacob from Poland. Oh, uh, I think it's me. Poland. All right. I think it's okay. you. Oh, I was hoping you get this one. <laughs> uh, greetings from Poland. If you're going to read it, don't try to in- to imitate a Polish accent, since inevitably it'll be Russian or German, which is offensive if you remember your history. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Sure. Uh, yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't even know how one. I don't even I know just, what the difference what is. is. I'm an ignorant American. Like. I don't know what the. I don't know what a Polish accent sounds like. Porridge. To, I'm, I'm going to guess it's in between German and Russian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, instead, speak it in an El- <laughs> in Elmer Fudd's voice. Oh, wait. Oh God. We're just gonna go through the whole <laughs> Oh, there you go. After you yell at it, it has to. Um, instead, speak it in Elmer Fudd's voice, since I share that particular pronunciation problem, which makes me sound like a truly rural rube or a truly rural woob. I guess. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. See, he's very smart. But a truly rural woob. Oh my god. Wow. wow. I don't, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna give this my best try, reason. but man, I'm not. Just do like the first couple sentences. Right. Yeah. Anyway, the main reason I'm waiting this missive <laughs> is Seth. <laughs> oh, so I'm sorry. The main we're, we're reason laughing. I'm waiting this missive. <laughs> the guy who complained about his PCs hoarding bennies in savage worlds. <laughs> worlds. Well, well, I don't even know it. Oh my god. Worlds. 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 Well, I don't know. Uh, I can't really fathom how they managed to stay alive, especially since we managed to achieve TPK by having a band of extras dry joker in the first round of combat. Twice. (laughs) Savage Worlds is very, very deadly, and it is the bennies they give it the pulp feel rather than many other rules. Even if the PCs run away a lot, the monsters and opponents can chase them and shoot. Irregardless. It's okay. It's okay. It's not He's from Poland. Not his first language. (laughs) When the PCs hoard something, they usually want to spend it. My preferred solution would be to tell players something along the lines of, This is it, boys. This is the climactic last battle. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Boys, this is the climactic last battle. After that, we're wrapping things up. (laughs) So they will know when to spend it. 
If that fails, introduce a major villain or a decoy early so that they could kill him before he even starts his plans. There's no player who will miss the opportunity to throw the GM off his rails. Make up some rules like spend all of your bennies to kill Doctor Doom now. In short, (laughs) use their playstyle to your advantage. Oh, there you go. P.S. P.S.'s are stupid in modern emails. Okay. P.P.S. Take a dwink. Yay! <laughs> I need a dwink. Somebody give me a dwink. Oh, I, I finished mine. Take a dwink. Dude. There's a whole refrigerator. I, I'm driving somebody oh, else's driving. car okay. homes. Right. <laughs> I will share my dwink. I haven't found it yet, but as soon as I can find one that doesn't have a blinking alarm, we'll get home. Dwink! <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to be driving by Braille tonight. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Uh, no. We um, at Happy Checks RPG Podcast would like to say that we do not condemn... Condone? Condone. We do condone. condone. We do, condemn. Condemn. We do, condemn. do not condone. We do not drinking condone drinking and driving. Correct. No. It's a Please. pretty important distinction. Yeah. By all means. Um. Indubitably. <laughs> oh my god, you're adorable. <laughs> Adoleable. Adoleable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's certainly one way to do it. You can only hope that it will actually fucking work because goodness knows with the, I remember that I remember the players we were talking about and it's yeah. they were the kind who ran away from everything and goodness knows that if you dropped <laughs> Dr. Doom in the middle of the session instead of being the kinds of players who'd be like yes it has hit points fuck with the GM and try to kill it they'd be the ones who'd be like oh my god how could this happen to me <laughs> right <laughs> try to run as quickly as it possible. has hit points we can kill it yeah, it has hit points. We can kill it. I have never. I don't think I've ever actually uh-uh. voluntarily run away from something. Nope. You stop talking to my XP. Yeah, yep. stop talking ex- my XP. <laughs> you, you have a character sheet. I can see it behind the screen. Let's do this. Yep. <laughs> Your hair is stupid. We have beef. Let's, Let's do this. You have a character sheet. We have beef. Let's do this. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, that's the way to do it, though. I, I get. I, or, uh, I, I'm definitely setting up the. This is the last battle. Right. At the end of, you know, this is the last battle of the session. Use them or lose them. Use them right. or lose them is yeah. a bit different. Honestly, I don't, do I, I don't tend to hoard my bennies, but we are playing a mythic campaign in Pathfinder, yeah. and I do hoard my mythic, my mythic powers just a little bit. Uh, I don't tend to burn my one-shots. I was always bad at burning my cooldowns in WoW, but, like, it, if I know that, like, it's getting towards the end of the session, they'll refresh next time, so I'll just right. blow them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Now's the time. Hoarding bennies... Where does it's that rough. come from? Where what? is it a distrust of being being unwilling to let it go? Because honestly, I just I for me at least because yeah. like I said, I don't do it with bennies, but I do it with with mythic powers. Is it's a uh, I'm afraid to like maybe I don't really need to blow it right now, but you I might, will you in might five be minutes. Squandering it, I yeah. might be squandering yeah. it. I That's might be wasting it. I might me. really need it in like a minute and a half, and if I use it now, I'm fucked. So how do you? It's how a do rational you fix paranoia. That? If you How can find a, a moment where they actually use it, reward them for it well. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I can think of. <laughs> yeah, just make, reward make it, clear it well, that make it worth it. Make it clear that it's really fucking useful, yeah. and they'll start using them. Um, but that's, because that's me, I'm the same way, where I tend to, I'm like, okay, I have to do resource management in this, because I have these resources, but they're really limited, and I want to make sure that I don't overspend them, or spend them too early, because then I'm going to be boned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I know that it's, if it's, if I know it's the last battle, then I'm going to be like, well, they're going away anyway, I guess I may as well throw it yeah. right. at them. Yeah. Um, if you don't want them to hoard it in the first place, I think the the best thing you could do then is to reward them very well for yeah. spending them and don't let them feel like that they could squander yeah. them. And especially, like, make sure it it does really help if it's, if it's the kind of system where bennies go away at the end of a session. Yeah. And Savage Worlds is. I yeah. mean, they don't carry over to the next session. Yeah. You start out each session with three, mm-hmm. and then you can earn them during the course of it. Right. And, and my suggestion to this original email was you may not be giving enough away. Right. Yeah. 
because if the GM is loose with the with the Bennies, generally speaking, the players will we'll be spend too. Them more. Yeah. If they know they're going to get more by doing cool shit. Yeah. yeah. They'll tend to spend them because they know there's more coming. And I tend to because you know you have some players who are a little uh, more anxious about trying to do off the rails things or cool stuff with their players or whatever. Um, and I tend to I toss out Bettys in my game for a variety of things. I toss mm-hmm. them out for anything from somebody being a badass to <laughs> somebody coming architecture. up right, coming up with a really like solving the puzzle or coming up with a good idea mm-hmm. or being clever. And I also throw them out if they make me laugh really hard. Yeah. I give Bennies to players who are funny. She gave like, a be- she gave like three Bennies to a player when they were over watching a movie with us on not even a game night just because it was hilarious. <laughs> and she knew I was falling on the floor care. laughing. I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> I was like, Dex I can't. has like seven Bennies. What kind of punchline so do I even give this? I can't respond to these punchlines. All I can do is throw Bennies at him until he stops. <laughs> One thing that actually, um, I don't know if you incorporated this from other systems or if it was just something you made up, because I know we all discussed it in our game, but um, one thing about that that might be an incentive to spend bennies is the uh, spend one to give one. Is that if you have other players who are uh, slightly more willing or they need to help someone else out, Mm -hmm. uh, we have a system in place where if I've spent all my bennies and... (coughs) I'm at a moment where, like, a Benny would really, really help. I might get a kill shot on a bad guy, but I don't I don't have any more, or whatever. And Aya has three. She'll give one to me to spend and one to Twin as the GM, because it's give cost. one to spend one. Yep. Um, yeah. And that, that puts in place that, as a player, I can be a little bit freer about spending mine, because another player might be able to bail me out. Because yeah. we're all in this together. Yeah, I don't remember if I got that from like I don't know if I got it from somewhere else. I think I, I just no tossed idea. it in there because people were asking if they could. And yeah, I, I know. Like, well, at some point, I need to somebody get my asked. Away. Yeah, you know, hey, here's we can do it this way, and that way it, it's uh, if it comes down to that crucial moment, yeah, mm-hmm. the bad guy's like, gonna gonna yeah. manage to get Declare off that last major. So I don't know. Quickly, that might Benny's help. At him. Yeah, that might help because, like, <laughs> it, in my opinion, it kind of fosters a sense of co-op. Yeah, you know, of cooperation. That was why I was like, yeah, let's fucking do that, and because even though I was, I didn't. The rules into the bennies with that is because it encourages teamwork, which yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, IMO. So, Woo. in the Q in the Q and A, someone asked me about the L five R con game. How many pregens I'm offering to the players, and do I have archetypes already decided upon? Yes, I do. There are four characters for the four players. Um, one of the characters can be either a male or female fraternal twin. So the character can be one or the other, and whichever one that mm-hmm. player chooses, that character will be the either the male or female of that twin set, and the other one will be a different character at a different time. Um, but there, That's there, cool. and there are there is one <coughs> courtier, and all of the rest of them are murder hobos. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, as well I mean, con game, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a <laughs> they are. There, there's like it's a, my preferred a, a, class. A, a typical a typical samurai. Then there's like a samurai duelist, which is mm-hmm. like its own thing. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I don't remember. I think there's a ranged guy, and then there's like a guy with like a big stick, like a heavy weapons guy. So oh, story of my life. I don't remember. <laughs> Email from Carl. How did I set it up so that I'm reading the longest email? All right. I can. I can take it. Muscle relaxants. Go ahead. You know the muscle relaxants are killing me. I'll take it, Stu. Go ahead. Thank you. Email from Carl. Greetings, Jackers. Question one: My kingdom for a backstory. 
Oh, oh man. You guys have discussed backstories several times. However, one of the things I haven't heard mentioned is any issue with getting your players to participate and give you a backstory in the first place. A consistent problem I have had in most of my games is getting players to give me a backstory. Invariably, I will have two to three of my five to six players not give me a backstory. The reasons always vary, but three themes have emerged. Laziness slash apathy, a.k.a. a brick beefcake won't roll crit. Murder hobo. (laughs) The player just doesn't really care that much about giving a backstory to the character and just wants to play a game. Number two, discovery and play. This player is much less of a problem because they are actively latching onto game elements and figuring out who their character is during play. Often a month or two into a game, I will get a framework from them that outlines some stuff. Usually it's not a lot to go on, but it's something. I've got a... That's me. That's me. Yeah, that's us. Yep. Really. <laughs> it, I just... I like, to, I like to discover the character through playing them. Mm-hmm. I give them a very basic backstory and then... I don't even do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look, pointy ear thing. It's fine. I'm a half-elf. I don't know where I'm from. I have total amnesia. I'll figure it out. Totally. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, Number three. But the GM will hurt me with it. I'm making a tear. These players are so paranoid, I will use something from their backstory to their detriment. They therefore either give me no backstory at all, or one with absolutely no loose ends. An actual example of this from a game I have... Here is the noble house I come from, along with 15 characters and their interconnected political schemes, which all don't matter because my home planet got invaded and destroyed before I started adventuring. Bless your heart. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) This tears me up every time. Some of the most thrilling moments from when I was a player were when (laughs) my backstory showed up to inform the plot. That's actually the very first thing that ever really got me involved in my very first LARP Mm -hmm. was when my backstory showed up in game. I was like, this is Oh my awesome. god. Someone read it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, oh my god. I This world interacts with me. I'm real. <laughs> it was like, I'm a real boy. Drew me right the fuck in. Um, it is, in my estimation, one of the main purposes to giving the GM a backstory. That's true. Mm. How can I convince a reluctant player to give me a backstory? If they don't, how far as a GM do I need to go to try and actively involve them in the main plot or side plots in the game? At what point is it the player's responsibility to find something to latch on to in the game and get invested? So many. Pause here. I was just about to be like, should I keep reading, or are we gonna? I don't know. Stu left us. We've got. (laughs) We've got control of the command center, and then he came back. (laughs) So. I have so many opinions. Just in time, we were about to opinions. So I think. If you want to pause it and and answer his question, do so. So, I am of the opinion when it comes to backstories that, an. An open forum and communication with the players is one of the most important things as a, de- as a dungeon master that you can have. And that encompasses a lot, not just backstories. Like, just in general, yeah. having an open communication with the players yes. is deeply important. Yes. Especially in an ongoing campaign, which if they're giving you a bunch of backstories, I assume is what you're doing. Um, when it comes down to those, those three different archetypes of people who you're listing not giving backstories, they're all really different and need to be handled kind of differently. Um, but... It all kind of comes down to the same thing, which is communication. The way that that I like to handle it, if I have players, especially those who I think are the kinds to not want or be able to give me backstory or whatever it is, who who just are are not as as ready to to type up a page-long backstory and email it to me, um, 
is I like to have a. I like to have a. These are the quietest burps in the world. <laughs> I was pretty far back from the mic. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like to have character development days, and I know like people sometimes have character creation days where you get together and you roll up characters, and like yeah, totally go do that because it takes but, all fucking day. Yeah, because yeah, a lot does. of systems it takes all fucking day. But I like to have days where you get together and everybody kind of hangs out, and then you you literally have like your your creepy side room where you pull one player off at a time. <laughs> we gotta call it creepy because <laughs> she takes us into the bedroom. <laughs> Into my office. Step into my office. Um, Do you want a fist bump? And talk to them. <laughs> and you, you talk to them and, and you can sit down and develop the backstory with the player right there sitting with them so that you can have a back and forth and help them plug the player into the world right there. Mm-hmm. And I find that that's a good, a good way to go about it. Because you can... That way they can be like, okay, well, I kind of had this vague idea. And you can be like, well, okay, so... People who are like that are commonly from this area in this setting, or oh, that ties in with this kind of storyline that this family is involved in. We could we can involve you in that, and then have that back and forth until they are actually involved. And I, I find that, that that usually locks them in more quickly. That than, would work with my time. than anything else. Yeah. Um, and it's but once you break down these three, the 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 laziness, apathy. I think that that's one of the only ways to handle that is is sit them down and be like, okay, what do you want out of this character? Right. Where are they from? You know, and, and just ask them more questions because some players will sit down and be like, "This is what I was thinking," and then you start plugging them in, and others don't know what they want, and that's when you start asking them questions about what their goals are, or how did they grow up, where are they from, you why should, are they adventuring? You should also ask your quest- yourself questions about this player, mm-hmm. about whether or not they're a culture fit with the rest of the player base. That's a big thing. I am all for equal opportunity players, but if you've got if you've got a bunch of heavy role players who are really into making developed characters and one murder hobo who just doesn't give a shit, maybe you need to run a separate game for that guy. Now, I know yeah. plenty of murder hobos who, you know, who just, like, they just want to hit shit. They just want to play. Sometimes that's me. But they also love and respect role players and kind of want to get better about it. So yeah. they're trying. Yeah, and I like to, you know, even even if they're like, what, hit things, don't care, game. If you can involve them and then talk out a backstory with them and then have it inform the plot like you were talking about, a lot of the times it will involve them more in the story and the role yeah. play. Yeah, in it my will, opinion. will change them a little bit. Like, it'll, it'll usually get them more involved. Um, so that's a good way to do it. In terms of the, the players who want to develop the, play- the character in game, I have a lot of players who do that, hence you See the two sitting here. <laughs> Hello. Um, and that's fine, in my opinion. What you need to sit down and do then, instead, instead of being like, I need to know every family member you have ever had, and, and re- find out what the impetus was to get them to wherever the game starts. Mm-hmm. Start adventuring, or go to this tavern today, or whatever it is. What their desires are, like what motivates them. And what kind of what kind of general direction they would like to see the character go? Whether that's stats, whether that's story, whatever it is, what, that they kind of want to go. Where do they want to take the character, more or less, even if it's really nebulous and ambiguous? And as long as you have a general idea of what they want, then you can hand them <coughs> opportunities in game that they can latch onto in order to develop the character more. Um, 
And I in terms of the GM who will hurt me with it, I God, oh. that's so hard. I got, this I one got a breaks lot of, my heart. It's so hard. Yeah. See, I think there's a couple different things that that can come from. One of them is is kind of the min maxer guy who doesn't like to lose, right? Yes. And he doesn't want to be a big or or yeah. the the player who who takes his character's autonomy very seriously, yes, and doesn't want to be forced to do something. Yeah. There are also mm-hmm. players who are really uncomfortable with emotional role play. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it just makes them uncomfortable, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's fair. Not everybody's yeah. comfortable with it. That's but, fine. There's so you many know, different places this could come from. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Finding so, out which one it is yeah. is the hard yeah. part. I, I think, think having. I, and, I, and I don't. I don't have a problem if someone says you're going to fuck with me, and I don't want you to, with, with regards to yes. the backstory. And I think that's fine. Assure the player, okay, I won't fuck with you this way. Yeah, yeah. I still would like to have a backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll just make sure when it comes up, I'm going to treat it with a kid glove. Yeah. So yeah. like you tell you 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 detail your character's mother to me, mm-hmm. and instead of having someone murder your mother. Yeah, I'm gonna have maybe she was a witness of something. Yeah, yeah. you know maybe it's just more on the periphery. There are so many ways to tie people into the story without (coughs) murdering their family or or anything. We aren't all Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) And like this is another all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I think fostering trust between player and and DM is a huge yes huge thing yeah. and I know that's like sometimes a, a method that a lot of DMs like to use is that I want to make my players think that I'm the bad guy but I'm actually on their side the whole time like that's a common thing mm-hmm. sure because you're you're technically you know you're laying out their obstacles for them you want them to believe that there's actually going to be a challenge right and but then you still blame you for everything <laughs> <laughs> but you're ultimately on their side because it's it's a storytelling experience it's a cooperative story you know, you're building this together um, but this is one of those moments where I think even if you have that particular facade up, it's important to break it a little and mm-hmm. sit down with the player and communicate with them and be like, okay, again, what do you want out of this character? Where do you want to take this character? Um, do one? And you can sit down <laughs> and, <laughs> and be as reassuring as possible <laughs> and try to develop a backstory with them that, that they're not afraid of and also sit down and let them give them the opportunity. I know this is something else that's been kind of a theme Ooh, in this. strong. <laughs> that's awesome. Kind of a theme in this season has been has been player lines and what their yeah. what, what their firm lines and their veils and all that are. Yeah. Um, and give them that opportunity. Sit down with them and be like, "Okay, where are the lines? I want to, I want to develop a backstory with you, but I, you know, I know you're not necessarily comfortable with giving me something <coughs> too detailed. Why? What do you want? Where, where are your lines? What do you not want me to touch? Where, where, where can you know just where on the doll do you yeah. want to keep it safe? <laughs> yeah, where you are know. your no zones? But yep. I, I think that and just <laughs> oh, 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 oh. how's that for a doll? <laughs> <laughs> that just got way creepier. By the way. By the way, cough drops and the uh, the shock top lemon shandy are delicious together. That's actually oh the reason God. I wanted oh, it because it's so That's tasty. Horrific. No, yeah, no, I saw her go tart. for the go for the shock top while she had the cough drop in her mouth and was like, "What are you?" Yeah, doing? The, the horror was <laughs> abject. <laughs> That's mostly it. It's just I think that I think that in this case, in terms of getting a backstory, the best thing you can do instead of asking the players, I need a backstory, is sit down with the players and ask, How can I help you develop a backstory? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's and write a backstory set aside together. time. 
it's yeah. t- it's time consuming. It's going to take longer. It's going to be a little longer before the campaign gets rolling. But I think it's well worth it and really rewarding. You can also, if you're feeling like being an asshole, require one before game starts. Yes. Yeah. But like, that's which will kind of give you the same uh, yeah. similar culture fits for the type of people who want to play in the game. In the first right. Place. Either you'll get one or you'll weed out the people who are just not willing. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I think that that's also. I think you can combine, can combine those two yeah. things yes. for great joy. For great I'm, joy. For great joy. joy. <laughs> I require a backstory, but I'm going to sit down and you and I are going to have a conversation to hash it out together so that it fits. I think a really, a, a really important thing is... Uh, I, I think we agree. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was very surprising. <laughs> is, um... <laughs> oh my god, how did Stork get here? <laughs> <laughs> is uh, making... You know, what are your no zones? Like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. What are you not comfortable with? Do you not want to give me a backstory because you're not comfortable with emotional role play? That's fine. Because then the player knows they can trust you as a GM. They need Mm -hmm. to be reminded that you're here to give them a good time. Yeah, you're not here to. You may be a sadist, but that's not the point. That's not the point. So. But it's, yeah, you, and it is, the kid gloves is definitely the thing. So yeah. you yes. can sit down, and there are nine million ways to involve a player in the story without, you know, uh, d- giving them a nut pinch yep. mm-hmm. that that breaks their heart. <laughs> like, tell me you've heard that before. Nut pinch is like a thing. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you gotta get up in there, Just too. get right up in there. <laughs> There, make the feels happen. No, they tear up and everything. <laughs> Last I checked, I was just walking to the tavern, and then suddenly I came across this orphan kid, and I can't. And now, now yeah. my balls are up in my heart, and my chest. Cavity. I can't do it. That's enough, bitch. So, chasing a dragon. Oh, yes, question two. Min-max, the min max dragon. Ooh, uh, chasing the qu- yeah, no, I isn't it. that actually like kind of a colloquial term for drugs? Chasing the dragon. Uh, is that like opium? Well, maybe. The, well, it would make sense. There was chasing the tiger, and there was a game in the old west that uh, it was a card game. I want to say it was Pharaoh, ah. and I think that's where the term actually came, originally came from. But the, the term is also used for the first time you try cocaine. Mm. And you have that like massive, incredible euphoria oh, for the yeah. very first time, and then and then I think it was called chasing the tiger's tail, maybe. And then like you keep taking it again, trying to have the same experience you had that first time, and you mm-hmm. never do. Yeah. I've never heard that I'd before. be curious to see what the chat had to say on that because you know if we say drugs, they're gonna be like, we have opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're saying about drugs. My goodness! Oh, there they are. <laughs> uh. They're cringing they're- at nut pinch. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, 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 uh, yeah. Low Kehoe says it was heroin. Is was chasing the dragon's mm. tail. Okay. Ah, so we were. <coughs> yes. But, okay. I, but I, I, I believe the term actually derived from uh, from uh, Pharaoh. That would make sense o- originally. Okay. All right. Right. So go into it. Sorry. Chasing the next dragon. Tans- oh, chasing the tangents too. <laughs> this is the region for the urgent tag. Do you want me to okay. read this? Or, go ahead. No, oh, I got sorry. it. Sorry, I just had to... Headphones are smishing me. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Um, question two. Chasing the Minmax dragon. This is the reason for the urgent tag. The next session is in just another week's time. Ah, oh, God. The game I'm running right now is an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. style game using the hero system. Sweet. Cool. 
The characters are all super spies or have minor superpowers of some variety. It's been a lot of fun to run and we've had a good time so far. If you are at all interested in taking a look at the campaign so far, I posted my session recaps and character notes in the GM section of the website. Sweet. Well then. <clears throat> One of my players, convinced he knows how to game the system, has created this unholy abomination of a character. <laughs> <laughs> he started with little focus. That never happens. Yeah. <laughs> he started with little focus, and in a system like Hero or GURPS, that can be a real detriment. Yep. He is basically taking only game effects he likes. Highly variable powers that make little sense together, a blistering array of martial arts abilities, defenses 20 to 30% higher than the rest of the party, etc. <clears throat> Anytime he sees the new shiny mechanic of the month, he creates some previously unmentioned background reason he would have this new ability or hey, power. Background stories? Yeah, backstories. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's another reason to get them before the game. Yeah. <laughs> I have tried to address... I have tried to address this both in-game and out-of-game with no success. One of the other players recently had a come-to-Jesus moment Moment with him, and seems like they have opened the door to a redesign and resorting of the character. My gut instinct is to go to ground zero, begin with the backstory, and try to work forward from there. I don't want to squander this opportunity. How do I best help him redesign the character? I think that really this depends is... on like what exactly the come to Jesus entails. Yeah, uh, I think that, it's also <coughs> telling him that... that his shit is fucked up and he needs to redo his character because he's ineffectual. Yes, but was in... he? But was he told the reasons why? That is a good question. Yeah. Probably the answer from a player's standpoint who has dealt with someone similar mm -hmm. to this and been this person. Yeah. I didn't know how to to make a character that made sense. Mm -hmm. Nor did I care. It yeah. was, ooh, these things are cool, I want to play with these things, what else am I here for? Yeah. Uh, my character didn't have to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. When it was explained to me that that was not necessarily the way to make a character and have everyone have fun, it was, this is really hard for the rest of us to take seriously because you obviously aren't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, that, and that, that there are some people that will have that conversation and it won't stick. Yeah. Yeah. This and is another one of the... Sorry, go ahead. The, the, the game system he's playing in particular <coughs> is probably one of the weakest game systems with regards to min-maxing. Yeah. You can break Hero and create an incredibly unbalanced character in Hero at the drop of a hat. Yeah. It's really easy. It's not even a challenge yeah. for a, a typical min-maxer. I'm <clears throat> I am not like the number crunchy guy in any way at all. I could make a breaky hero character without even thinking yeah. about it. It's well. too easy. You have to have a good firm character concept. And that that's true with hero or gerbs mm -hmm. or any of the any any of the the, the sort of system generic mm -hmm. uh, or or the setting generic games. You have to have a, a solid concept first, and then build the character to that concept. You cannot sit there and flip through the rule book like it sounds like this guy's doing, and mm -hmm. saying, "Oh, here's this a cool, cool power I haven't seen before. Yeah, I want to add this." Yeah, and if he builds a character a certain way, having multi-power pools and things like that, it can just get worse. Yeah. So Ex I explaining the it's not the letter of the law, but the spirit. The yeah. spirit is probably yes. going to be the best part of this. I'm no this is a big believer of that. Rule. One of those moments, and I think it ties into the theme of the last answer for me, which is that communication with your players is very important. Yes. 
I think that the best thing that, that you can do is, is sit him down and, and talk to him and have an open communication and be honest. And nobody needs to be an asshole. Just yep. sit right. down and find out what he wants and where he wants to go with the character and help him develop a firm concept my and cons- help him build it. My concern is that this this person might... Even though he is willing to redesign the character because of his come to Jesus, uh, he might get butthurt about the fact that they don't want he him might to play. Be. He might mm-hmm. he might already be butthurt about the fact that they don't want him to play the character that he wants to play. That he's too powerful for them. That they're holding him back. And I think a really important thing to address with with him would be. Uh, that this is not the case. That that's not it. That's not mm-hmm. the point. The point is trying to find another way for you to have fun mm-hmm. that encompasses everyone else's fun as well, so that you can have co-op fun. Co-op fun is better well, for everyone. Yeah, and it, it also does sound in this mostly that, that he's a little bit of the player who's like, swirl! About, yeah. you know, abilities about shiny instead things. of... <laughs> but like have him focus on just a couple of, of shiny abilities and yeah. then as a GM give him opportunities to shine. Well then all you in have to his do, character build. Yeah, all you have to do is sit down and, and <coughs> talk to him about how some of your priority for the game is trying to make sure that you have a solid character concept. Because it sounds like he doesn't necessarily have it's more nebulous yeah. for him. Right. And if you can help him build a solid character concept with a backstory that is is built to the effect that he desires whatever he wants to do, but that is is solid and makes sense and is thorough, then that's going to help with building a character who is not necessarily as broken and all over the place and crazed, mm-hmm. and it's going to help him find his focus. Mm-hmm. Um, Being so, and, and if you if you approach it from that way, with the I I want to help you build a complete character who we can you know bring into this story together. It's going to be a little easier than where your character sucks and we need to remake him. Being, being that person a little bit in the beginning, uh, the way that I can see this working out well, because the how-to is very important on this, other than just, just walking up and saying, okay, let's do this. Um, being that person, uh, and, and me personally not being interested in writing a backstory, the thing that will make me want to write the backstory, which forms the basis to make the, the solid character concept, is for the GM to come to me with cool ideas and ways to get there. Mm-hmm. Give me goals. Mm-hmm. Give me something I can get excited about and get excited about having those goals, seeing the new shinies that I can reach for, mm-hmm. and keeping me along a steady path. Yeah. Uh, uh, if yeah. you give me shinies, tell me what kind of character would want those shinies, mm-hmm. would have those shinies, <laughs> and then giving me ways to get more shinies along that path. Yeah is exactly how it would work for me. Yeah. I would agree. My, my one caveat is that I usually try to make it a point to make sure that the player doesn't already have goals in mind on their own, and then if they seem yes. to be sort of flailing around looking for something, then I can offer things. Mm-hmm. And if they do, I mean, either way, regardless of whether they had uh, a goal in mind or if you're providing one, you need to be able to, to help them sort out the best ways to achieve those goals via stats, if that's what yes. they're looking to do, and, and sort of give them, give them thoughts and ideas on paths they can take. Mm-hmm. Which requires being fairly well-versed in the game system, but, I mean, it's worth it. So, There's also the possibility that this is not the right system to play with this kind of player. Yeah. That is true. That is also <laughs> possible. <laughs> I mean, it does sound it, it like... Is, <laughs> oh, God. Sorry about that. I when should really should move the Good Lord. <laughs> I can just sit here and pick on it for a little while. I don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it likes <laughs> that suggestion. He's like, no, everyone must be inclusive. Yeah, sure. I'll put it somewhere be Everyone gets to play, <laughs> including me. <laughs> oh God, I'm sitting me. on the strap. 
Play me. <laughs> Play me. There we go. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I would go with a different. I, okay, see, now you miss feel it, better. don't you? Let's face that room. Hero is so easy to break. Yeah. Uh, if you have a, a, a player who has that sort of penchant, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for them not to want to, to break it. Mm-hmm. It's a little easier with something that is more complicated and bigger like like Pathfinder than yeah, if you're willing for uh, that but something that's more, so more too. plug in and <laughs> yeah. less toolkitty because yeah, exactly. Hero really is a toolkit <laughs> to build an RPG mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's almost too flexible for a lot of yeah. players I don't know it ju- I mean it might not be the system for him but the fact that that whatever their come to Jesus was means that he is willing to go for a redesign means I think there's hope for this guy I really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that the communicating with him is going to be the biggest the biggest and way he, to determine what it is that he needs. Right. Yeah. And, he, and and as a GM especially in that game you got to set limits for stuff and say you can't go over yeah. like you know this mm-hmm. number of dice attack, and you can't have yeah. more than this, and more than and, and just you have be, set those limits and enforce them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but but be compassionate for the butt hurt because yeah, because yeah. because, it, because be hurt. and and sometimes in order to go through a, a change and come out all the better the other side, you're gonna have to get really butt hurt first, <laughs> and and if your friends are compassionate and understanding with you, it will help. Yes. Uh, Be if firm nothing else, but compassionate. If nothing else, figure out ways to outlet some of those puzzle-solving skills that cause a lot of that min-max to begin with. Yes, that's well. That's what oh, that brings point. up again. Yeah. Like yeah. Bringing, giving him, sp- giving this player specific chances to shine with his newly redesigned character, because then yeah. he won't necessarily feel like he has to grab all the cool stuff. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he can be awesome right. the way he is. Give that's him a, a spotlight point. moment. Yep. Yeah, you have other outlets. Uh, the continuing, the, if you can skip through the. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this was an edited email. Yeah, nice. Page, a whole page. Lordy, uh, mercy. Is um, it my turn or? No, I'll no. do. It's no. still Offer. the same email. It's the same oh, email. Good <laughs> Trim, people. Trim. <laughs> <laughs> They're running slowly. They're running slowly. Uh, nerdscaping. <laughs> I knew it was there somewhere. <laughs> Is that like making sure you shave your neck? I was just over. <laughs> oh my god, where are my pennies? I need to get still a penny. I think that's exactly what nerds scamming is. You have to prepare for the inevitable nut pinch, you know. I did you you didn't see me over here doing this. <laughs> Whoa. Uh. Pop! I can't handle the pop. Oh my god! Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> it's warm in here. Speaking, speaking of, it continues with offer a modest, a modest proposal. <laughs> Finally, I wanted to end with an offer. I got into this hobby because of the generosity of someone a long time ago. The first RPG book I ever owned was a little blue D&D rules compendium hardback that I bought at a garage sale one Saturday on my way home from the pool. The book said $5 on it, but I only had $1. I remember the owner being a really tall, intimidating to an 11-year-old guy with a scraggly beard. Yeah, sounds like one sounds of like Stu. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really tall. <laughs> sounds like <clears throat> most of the gamers I know. <laughs> on seeing yeah. my interest, on seeing my interest, he let me buy the book for my pocket change, and that started a lifelong hobby slash obsession. Good awesome. guy. Good guy. Good guy. Well done. 
Today, 18 years later, I wish I knew his name so I could thank him. I pored over that book for months until I joined my first RPG group, a Star Wars D6 game out of a local comic shop. Aww! Jeepers. <laughs> Jeepers, mister. <laughs> I want to pay that forward a little bit. Now that I am done with my Rogue Trader game, I want to get rid of the books. I had an immense amount of fun running the game, but I think my well is truly dry for that style of game. A few months ago, Stu mentioned that he wanted to get his hands on a copy of the book. I'd like to offer them to you guys if you have any interest. The only thing I would ask if you take me up on it is think about doing an actual play for it. It's a great game and could make for some very entertaining times. Mm. Alternately, if you guys aren't interested, is there a member of the Jacker community that might appreciate it? Maybe someone on active military duty, new to the hobby, or just fallen on hard times who might like to have a new gaming system? I'd love to make sure they find their way to a good home. That's it for now. Thanks for all you guys do, and I look forward to more shows. Sincerely, Carl. Fizzlemayer on the forums, all one post of it. <laughs> uh, Good guy, Carl. Good guy, I, Carl. I think, I think we would be interested in that. However, I would also say that if there is someone who is in military service who would who would also like to run a Rogue Trader game, that you should take a space in line in front of me for it. So mm-hmm. I would say that first. So if you are um, either on our forum or via email let me know and I'll put you in contact and if not then I would I would gladly because I would like to run a Rogue Trader game at some point so. ah. awesome. there you go thank you very much Carl or Fizzlemire yeah. it forward I'll read the I'm getting I'll, cavities I'll read might the get a cough drop alright are you getting <laughs> no they're sugar free sugar free <laughs> Uh, hey, Happy Jackers, this is Andrew from Massachusetts. Insert clever name here on the forums. Oh, that's cheating. I can't do that. Uh, uh, if I had any spare, spare time to hang out there. First off, I would like to thank you for bettering my GMing experience. I have only been listening for a short while and while and, and have been chewing on the backlog in reverse order while I drive home. That must be mind-numbing. And, and think I've learned more from listening to you backwards. <laughs> uh, than in almost 10 years of jamming. But to the matter at hand, I will be running a game for my girlfriend and a few of her friends in the next week or so. I haven't chosen the night. <clears throat> they range from never playing at all uh, to being gaming curious. It's my favorite kind. This gaming <laughs> curious. I like it's italicized. How's that for a chopper? <laughs> gaming curious. I love Charles Nelson Riley. This is fair, uh, this is a fairly big deal to me. I've been trying to get my girlfriend to try out gaming for a little while now. She is a, a bit, this is reading like a forum letter. Uh, this, do you, you know the magazine forum? No. Yeah. Yeah, 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 too old. Uh, <laughs> too old. This is a big dramatic. Uh, she was a big dramatic geek in high school, and I think she would really like it. Unfortunately, <laughs> drama geek. I think is an important clarification. Dr- drama drama geek. Geek. She was a big dramatic geek. <laughs> I'm telling Story you, it's, it's the most world uh, Unfortunately, she can be shy around people she doesn't know well. So tossing her into my current group doesn't really work. Luckily, I am a clever man. Uh-huh. The other night, I had I, I had her invite her gaming curious friends over for a game of Fiasco. Uh-huh. Yeah, Fiasco. Nice. Good gateway uh-huh. drug. Uh, everyone seemed to enjoy themselves, and my girlfriend took to things really well. Even... Uh, Improving, improving, improving. But it is. is, Do you you want me to muscle relax? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think it would affect me this much. As an old witch, uh, for one of her uh, friends' scenes, 
This led to an idea of running a game for just them, so my girlfriend could experience gaming in an environment she was comfortable with. Yay! Yay! Good, Good boyfriend! Guy. Good guy boyfriend. Extra cookies well for you. My uh, issue is that I'm unsure how to go about setting up and running a game that they will all enjoy. I am not unfamiliar with running games, running games for new players, or games with girls in them. But <gasps> never an all-woman game. All brand new to gaming. Do you have any suggestions as to what settings or system might help? I was thinking I would run. I, I, I was thinking I would let them choose the setting. I was also thinking I would run them through I, either Fate or Savage Worlds because they are easy to pick up and won't take long to make a character. I would love to run them through GURPS. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as this is my game of choice. But then I would want to have the characters ready for them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, any advice on making this a good, memorable experience and not a gaming horror story? Ah! Write in with that, too, if that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really hoping one of the ladies will be on, for the female perspective, will you pick the right show? <laughs> Hit the jackpot. Uh, st- the jackerpot. The whoa, jacker whoa. <laughs> we stork, don't talk about that. Stork in a feminine voice will do in a pinch... Uh, I can oh, try stork? to have. I can try to make Stork's voice. <laughs> I'm sad Stork isn't yeah. here now. I just want Stork to record that now. <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk like these. I, I think we agree. <laughs> also, I have listened. I've listened to all of the ladies' 200th episode for pointers, but mostly learned that rape is bad. Still yes. a good thing to know. <laughs> all right, thank you, Andrew from Massachusetts. Wow. Let me go ahead and read the PS's. PS. To apologize for the lengthy email, take a drink. And not actually that long. Um, oh, yeah. And then I'm going to mix my lemon shandy with my cough drop again, because it's delicious. Cough drop. I can't. What? Why? PPS, <laughs> some less urgent advice. I have a friend in my normal group that is a bit of a rules lawyer and a munchkin. What? He's a nice enough guy and does try to role play a bit, so I don't want to discourage him, but something needs to be done. He is constantly stopping play and or not engaging in the role play so he can find rules to exploit, bend, or break. He even does this during during the, a game of Fiasco. <laughs> Three times, to be exact. I want to slap slap in the face... I want to slap... In, I'm reading that right. Yeah, I'm no, reading right. Right. I want to slap, yeah. him, slap him in the, in the face, face with the book and tell him, it's Fiasco! Do you really, do you really think... Any of are making it out <laughs> any of, of the us are any, making right. it out of this alive. But see, you were on muscle relaxants when you wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a friend and a nice guy, and he is trying to engage in role playing. Plus, everyone at the table knows Firefly and Serenity inside out, so it would have just been one simultaneously. I might across the table. <laughs> How do I help him just play without dis- without discouraging him and making him stop completely? Thanks again. Hmm. Which Come one on. do we want to do first? Yeah. Well, I, let, let's do the let's, PS let's do the first. PS. Okay. It's, I think it's quick. Okay. Um, dudes like that have generally... Uh, they've got a couple of different reasons why they... I like how they're dudes. Dudes, dudes like, like that. that. Almost Bras like that. Almost always. Yeah. Yeah. Almost Bras always. Like dudes that. like that. Bras like that. Um, have a couple of goals in mind. It depends on the dude which one it is. Dude uh, the, the the dude bros here. Uh, it sounds like your dude a has a puzzle mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he wants to bend and break an exploit because it's a puzzle. 
He's not being stimulated in the puzzle part of his brain that he really likes stimulating during game. So finding <laughs> games that <laughs> yes, finding finding games and finding mechanics and things like that that he can mess with, and being him being told this isn't to break, but you can fuck with it a lot is a really good way to to channel that energy. I really like your take on that. That's not something that I would have thought of for min-maxers, but I, that's it's what really, I enjoy. I, I think that's yeah. a really key part of it. When I was building Hiel, my, yeah. my ranger, I was like, oh, and I want to make him super effective. I want to be effective. How do I do that? Well, she I'm going to go so through. many dice as Hiel. I roll so many dice, and it's technically maybe min-maxing, but for the most part, it's I want to be effective. How do I get to that point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the I only have... way that I make heal slightly less effective is once or twice in a combat throwing somebody with damage resistance. Yeah, and then and I then do that. Because, go, because all of the hits are just nine million small damage hits. Yeah. yeah. So, so he does nothing, but it's up to the DM, if they know that their mm-hmm. char- that character does that, to balance them out. And that's what that's what my ranger does. He is min-maxed. I solve the puzzle of how to be excellent. And I think that that's mm-hmm. what happens a lot with a lot to of these Now you just have to solve the puzzle of how to be excellent, excellent to, to one, one another. another. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, wow. a, that's actually a very so interesting much. point. I had not thought about that. Maybe a lot of the min-maxer type players are really puzzle solvers. Oh, that's, one yeah, that was a really 100% good insight. A lot of the time what it is. Normally, yeah. we, we just talk about stringing them up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. which is totally okay, too. It really is. As, as somebody but I who get sometimes, you, bros. I get you. Yeah, as somebody who sometimes personally also can't help a little bit of the, the wanting to, to make this as, as efficient as yes, possible. Yes, make efficient. Some of it yeah. is, is a puzzle for me in my... Because, like, I don't really... I don't give a shit about being the person who does the most damage or who mm-hmm. who who wins the combat because how do you even do that? But yeah. like, but it's, I, I like to make efficient characters and see yep. how I can build them to be different or interesting or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Take all of these different pieces and make them um, fit perfectly. I I definitely this is another instance for me and this is going to be my theme tonight of sit down and have a conversation yeah. with the player. Uh, so Find I've, out if it's also for attention. Right. Yes, I've had so I've I've had a couple players like this in a few games, and it's nine times out of ten, what I usually sit down and do is, and you have to. This is another kid gloves conversation. You have to be really mm-hmm. gentle, but but pull them aside, not in the middle of game. Just mm-hmm. at some point when you get a chance, maybe when everybody's gathering for a game and still hanging out, and you can catch a moment. In just person is better. In person, please. Yeah. Um, pull them aside and and just gently be like, hey. I, I know it's frustrating when sometimes I miss or forget a rule, or you know, or something gets a little confusing. But please understand that when I'm making calls, I'm making calls for what is most efficient for the storytelling. If you think that I have maybe done something wrong, maybe take a brief second to ask if it was this, and then if I say, "Don't worry about it," or "I'm doing it this way," let it go, please. Uh, and and then we're going to go on from there because I'm making the calls based upon story and what's most efficient and how I think this should go based on my personal judgment and otherwise it tends to stop game and once the flow stops it's hard to get the players back in the story you know and just just have a gentle conversation you don't have to blame mm-hmm. and just and just be like I, I'm trying to run the game this specific way if you could please play with me well making it clear <laughs> I would that, appreciate it. that the rules and the mechanics in in the games that you play are meant to support an overarching story that mm-hmm. we're all involved in. And yeah. if he isn't feeling involved because he's in a book looking for something specific that, that sometimes probably feels like, oh, he's just looking for another freaking rule to break. Oh my god, really, yeah. dude? 
it's probably because he's not stimulated in that place. That yeah. isn't necessarily something you have to take care of all the time, but maybe he just doesn't notice. Maybe you can also get to him to look at it. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can get him to look at it. And be like, hey, this is happening. What do you need? Are you not feeling fulfilled in this <laughs> It happens to everyone. <laughs> Are you sad? Do you get depressed? Do you feel lonely? <laughs> yes, I'm human. <laughs> but yeah, it's... it's I, I think that it's, it's and it's yeah, in that conversation. I, like I'm going to tell you, nine times out of ten, most of the people who do that kind of thing know that they do that kind of thing. Yeah. And if yeah. you sit down and, and gently have that conversation with him, it's it's going to be a good way to make him aware of it, more aware of it when right. it happens. To know and that to, to while he back. does it, he needs the help to maybe not do that because he's affecting other, other people, people. Yeah. that he probably cares a lot yeah. about. If yeah. if they're a gaming table, I and if he people. doesn't, then he needs to leave the fucking table. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. If but he cares so. enough to be there and to stay there, he probably yeah. wants to make sure everyone's and it says, having fun. It says that he tries to... He's a nice enough guy and does yeah. try to roleplay a bit. So yeah. he's trying. So he's I've trying. Had, I know a, a great min-maxer who at one point I we had an encounter in a game and I said, man, I really didn't do the right thing in that moment. I envy you, your head for mechanics, because... I could have gotten out of that situation, and instead I almost got murdered I because dodge. I didn't know. I had a dodge. <laughs> I had a dodge. Because I didn't remember my stats. And he said, no, but you did what your character would do, and I really envy you that, mm -hmm. that you can just be in character. And we had this whole conversation, and he's like, he's a min-maxer, like, whoa. Yeah, he's munching. But he was like, I, you are, like, you're so able to be in character. I try. I try really hard, but I just can't turn off my stat yeah. brain. I try to build believable characters, and it's hard, because I, yeah. I can't help but try and build, I, I can't help it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I gotta crunch it's, the it's numbers. an OCD thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's a number crunch. Like, I yeah. have to, I have to, and I have to think of the most effective way, because I have to be effective. It's yeah. like, right. so I, I totally, I channel, yeah, channel the nerd. I get it. Yeah, and just, if you can try to, like I said, I think that's a great idea, get him involved in, in the puzzles and get him involved in the story and sit mm -hmm. down and have a conversation, just a totally gentle conversation with him. Yeah, be gentle. And and ask him politely ask him to questions. not, you know, because that also tends to, to devolve into the, the tabletop argument, which mm -hmm. is game-stopping and fucking obnoxious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and sit down and, and just sort of try to gently without being like i'm the dm here i make the rules yeah just be like i'm making calls for a reason please i need you to trust me if yeah. i if i make a call and if you think that i mm -hmm. really made a call out of ignorance or because i don't know the rules pull me aside after game and i can resolve it in the future but don't do it in the middle of the session because yep. that devolves into a wanting to win yeah. if yes. the dm is wrong i should have won <clears throat> i should have won that fight because yeah. the dm is wrong but that's yeah. not a you can't have that mentality but dm is god yeah you can't have that <laughs> i disagree with that I'm oh that see and i'm yeah, it's not my i'm of the i'm, I'm of like the that. opinion personally i'm of the opinion that dm should trump DM oh, should, should have. That's what that's they, what I mean by God. Yeah. DM DM should trump. I think what DM it comes to needs to be benevolent. No, I think what it is is that the yes, DM should be benevolent. DM is a benevolent God. Yes, that's my thing. That's the caveat. <laughs> but DM has the DM has the ability to story trump rules. Well, I, yes. I think I think that what it comes Depending down to is on the that, campaign is that the DM may be a, a fallible God, and that's okay. Well, yeah. And that's how about how yeah, about well, how about this? Narrative is God. Narrative yeah. is God. And yes. GM is responsible for making sure that narrative continues and narrative doesn't get interrupted. I can see. I'm good. Yeah. Because I'm good I, with that. I, I'm, I'm high priest of narrative. High yeah. <laughs> priest of narrative. I like that. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're a cleric of I narrative. Concede. Cleric and of narrative. I, I think, because I mean, in our L5R game, Tyler will, will go and look for the rules. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he'll go and find out 
And I like that because yeah, sometimes you very often, guideline. especially with yes. the, the five of mm-hmm. us in the room, we don't we don't remember. We're too yeah. old to be able to <laughs> absorb that information and anymore. And consistency is important. Yeah. And it's nice to know how we should have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and ver- and sometimes that's what the conversation is. It's yeah. like let's go ahead and resolve this now. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler will like go and look, and he said, "Oh, we were right," or "No, we weren't right," but. You know, this is what, next what it would have yeah. been. Next right. time. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah. You know, that's but. that's fine. Like, I actually, I like I said, I have a player does this every now and again, and, and I, mm-hmm. I try to be like, look, I, I make mistakes in these rules all the time. They're complicated. I play fucking Pathfinder. I don't remember all the rules. Yeah, yeah. Pathfinder so, with all the extras. Yeah, yeah. no fucking way. And, uh, and, but every now and again, when I have a player who's like, actually, there's totally a rule for this, or, you know, and, th- and then it's not the, um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I still hear it like that sometimes. I know, though. but it, it's, it wrinkles it's, me. I understand, but when, when they have a moment of, of there, there is a rule for this or or there's this actually works this way then it gives me the opportunity as as a dm to to be like oh cool there is a rule well i was just gonna make shit up and then like (laughs) briefly flip to it and be like all right and do that or if it's a moment where i'm like yeah right (laughs) or if it's a or if it's a moment where i'm like i don't well the mechanics work that way but that doesn't work with what i had planned so i'm gonna make this call for now and we'll we'll discuss it in the future, you know. And like, eat shit. And right. then that's that's as long as you make it clear, like I'm making a call for story reasons or or for character reasons or whatever. Yeah, for um, brevity. For sin- yeah, <laughs> cinematic reasons, whatever it is. I'm making this call for now. We can discuss later. And yeah. if you're if if that player feels invalidated by it, that's a conversation you need to yeah. have. Yeah, a game elsewhere. Elsewhere. Yeah. Now, now back to the running running a game for all women. Ooh, right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I like ooh, how we thought we, that was we be have ready, 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 ready. It doesn't it, matter that they're it women. It doesn't matter that they're women. Don't, don't worry about it. it don't matters. worry about it at all. Run, dude, run. <laughs> run, run, bro, run. It so matters that they're new gamers. Yeah, you That's know what would be, be just as hard? Running a game for new gamers that were all men. Yep. Yeah, the biggest challenge that you're going to run into just in as hard. is going to be the fact that they are all new, and it's going to take a while to figure out what their gaming styles are. What you know For them to figure out what their gaming styles are, what kinds of things they're interested in, how to get them involved... Um, and just read the players because every every player base is different. But don't bother worrying about what is in their pants, and instead worry about how it is that they react to specific things and what their goals and desires as part of the game are. Yes. Um, What's going on over there? I don't even think they're paying attention anymore. No, they're talking about min maxing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> in Savage Worlds, don't play with your disheads, don't get pennies. <laughs> I had to yeah. chair. I did because <laughs> um, I wanted to tag. Yeah, Home but shirt. mainly oh, you leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging. Oh. Tag. Thank you. <laughs> mainly, That's really the I biggest issue. Like man, his hands wet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the biggest the biggest thing about that is that really it doesn't matter that they're that they're women. It matters that they're new gamers. Yes. Um, yeah. That's critical. Said, yes. Yeah. It's an opportunity to make more gamers in the world. Yeah, and, that's and don't important. treat them differently because they're women. Yeah. Just try run. A, how would you run a good game for men? Do that. How would you run a good game for people? Do I, that. I, I do think... Now, now I, I've been gaming since, like, 1978. Mm-hmm. And for most of that time, there were no women at our tables. Mm-hmm. And there there is one thing that happened... I'm going to say in the last year. where and, and this was a question that was put to me. I introduced an NPC in a game. It was a traveler game. And the particular player was a woman mm-hmm. and she looked at me and she went what color are his eyes <laughs> 30 years Fuck you, no son. one has ever asked me that question <laughs> yeah. in 30 goddamn years ever 
I'm like, I locked up. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, something like this? is this important? It might be important. I do like to yes and, and I like to make sure that the when I answer questions, I'm creating a more, a more interesting story, if right. that's possible. What could possibly be the right answer to this question to create a more, I have no idea, blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> blue. Yeah. It's entirely possible that the only reason that was asked is because... She had decided in her mind that her character has a thing for green eyes, right. or, or I mean, whatever. whatever. It's that it wasn't really relevant, but th- or that it was only relevant to her, right? But um, I mean, but or that, really hates people with brown eyes. I mean, you know, yeah. you never know. <laughs> yeah, it could be, it could be. But I mean, I would, th- I, I would prepare more vis- I think more visual details. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah, or at least be ready for them. Yeah. Other than well, that, possibly be ready for different questions, mm-hmm. a variety of different questions. Because, I mean, yeah, might might think different. This gets into a whole different. Sorry, I was leaning. Uh, th- this gets into a whole different conversation as as to whether or not brains are are gendered, which I don't really want to get into. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Right. But um, but really, I don't I don't think it matters too much. It's a whole bag of cats. Um. Just just run a game for new gamers. Uh, I do have something, like when you were talking about, uh, when the email was talking about, another page. Uh, when the email was talking about uh, things that they might uh, be interested in, like settings or systems, uh, I think the systems that you laid out are probably a good idea as far as settings go. Um, Letting them choose is not a terrible idea as long as you can roll with whatever they pick. If well, they have or, give them a list, so, or give them a list of options. If well, they have a consensus among them and they have mm-hmm. something they're all interested yeah. in. Well, also look at what they like. Look at yes. what their interests are. Do you have? Are they all really into the Marvel movies that are coming out now? Are they all really into Firefly? Are they are they Whovians? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look at their interests and what kind of geeky things, or even you know non geeky things. I don't know what's on TV nowadays. I don't know. Snooky is that over? Yeah, I think I that's don't over. Know. Let's, let's. I, I don't assume. know. Yeah, that is. Um, oh, I don't okay. know. Like Downton Abbey. I'm so or behind it. Whatever. But. That kind of stuff. Be prepared for that kind of stuff. Maybe yeah. I like yeah. I like Twin's idea of offer a list of suggestions. Mm-hmm. Don't give it as a this is the only thing. If you think of but something here are else, some ideas yes, to get you started. I also think that this is a really important moment to, particularly because it is a table full of new players. Try to to um, practice exercising uh, reading the table. <laughs> yes. P- yeah. Read read your players as much as you can. Read the table, read their reactions, pay a lot of extra attention to them. Um, this is the kind of game where I'd, I'd you know, work out, figure out what setting you're doing and what kind of system, and then... Also, when what? you're dealing with new players, I, I don't know if I'd be too careful about reading the table, only because there are inevitably always going to be people who will try role-playing. Right. But it's just not their thing. Yeah. yeah. And they're not going to be engaged. And if you get someone who's just not into it, yeah. there's not really a whole lot you can do to get them no, into it. No, but conversely, yeah. if you trying. find somebody sure. who is who obviously has fun with something or lights up at something, make a note of that. Yeah. And, do yeah. more of that. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, I, I, I guess instead of don't don't read the table, is don't take reading the table personally. Right. And no, it's yeah. not your personal skill right. yeah. that right. is in question here. Yeah, no, it, um, as a DM, if there's something going on that you're doing that's just not working for the other person or for one of the per- people right. at the table, 
um, <clears throat> just, you know, switch to something else. And don't uh, take it personally. Yeah, I, Am I talking about gaming or sex? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never sure sometimes. Yeah. It um, applies. We have had many right? emails that have made a lot of analogies between the two. I, yeah, yeah, one of them mm-hmm. was referenced in the earlier email. We all enjoy a good but I, I would. This is also one of those moments where, with with new gamers in particularly, I would try to make it a point. I mean, introduce the if you if you have an overarching plot, which if it's a campaign, try to um, introduce that right away. But I would also, with new players, um, start bringing in personal plot way sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what's going to lock them into the game a yeah. lot more quickly a lot of the time. Um, and just look, dig into their personal plot, find some way you can drop something interesting from it into the games a lot earlier than you might with experienced players. Because most experienced players are going to look up and be like, eh, it'll probably come up eventually. It's probably going to come around. But, like, newbies might sit down and be like, man, I wrote all this stuff and nothing's happened. Did he read it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, try to give them a hook immediately. Try to give them a hook immediately. I mean, don't don't inundate them with stuff, but just hooks are good. Like I said, that was the first thing that got me into... When I first started LARPing, I had been to several games, and I was just kind of there and chilling out, and then all of a sudden something from my backstory showed up, and I was like, <gasps> What? Oh my god, awesome. I affect the world! Holy oh my shit. god, I exist! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got me awesome. right in there. But either way, good luck. I hope they're awesome and have a ton of fun. And are yeah, all, please let us know how gamers. it goes. I mean, yeah. or let Stu how, know how it goes, and yeah. then he'll let us know. Yeah. Always be patient. Thank you. Patience. Patience. Be patient. Thank you for the email, Andrew. Yes. yes. Good luck. Who wants to read Rob's email? I can read it. It's. Okay. I think it's my turn at this point. I think, yeah. Close enough. Sure. Email from Rob. Stu and the Jack Crew. I have been double penetrating the show. What is up with the sex? Whoa. All over the place. Double <laughs> penetrating. How long have you been listening to the show? Yeah, right. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. So, you were here for the tappy years, it right? Was, uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> Sorry. You all right? Nice you need hair. a minute? Nice hair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so I have a double pen- penetrating the show so far. I have completed seasons one through three and ten current in... Uh, and Oh, so going through ten the current, to current backwards and starting from the beginning. Got it. Ballsy, Whoa. son. In about one month's time. Jesus. Oof. I work as a truck driver. Oh, uh, obviously. So I'm in a vehicle for roughly ten hours a day, and the show has been a godsend. Awesome. So thank you. Now take a drink and prepare for a gaming nightmare with ongoing repercussions. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Special place in my heart for the truck drivers. Yes. Because that's the industry I work in. I deal with truck drivers on mm. a, a regular basis. So. I actually didn't know that about you. Bless you. <laughs> and tear your tear up your transmission as quickly as possible, and then come to us to have it repaired. Okay, sure. <laughs> so, Just a little <clears throat> plug for the business. <laughs> no shit, there I was in the summer of 1990. Any story that starts out like that, I'm down with. Yeah, and I was between senior years of high school and was getting together with my group for the last time before half went to college. There was one member who had no car for the day, so two of the others left my house to go pick him up. This was the root of the problem. To protect the group, I will call him Driver. (laughs) Driver and the good kid left to get Rebel. 
Driver has bad habit of insanely aggressive driving, so it did not take long before they were back in a screech of brakes in front of my house, laughing as they enter. Mr. Angry and I ask, what was so funny? And we were told that Driver had driven through six yards on the way to get Rebel. No shit. <laughs> no shit, six there I was. <laughs> was. Yeah. <laughs> We sat down to start the session, and about 30 minutes later, there was a knock on the door, and I jokingly say, it's probably the cops. It was. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they asked to talk to the driver and the passengers of driver's car. So the three of them go out, and Mr. Angry and I are left looking out the mini blinds. Geraldo Rivera had just done his special on Satanism earlier that year, and as the cops were questioning oh our God. friends, it was revealed <laughs> that we were playing D&D. The devil's right. game. <laughs> Satan's Remember game. Dark Dungeons? The Jack Chick track? Remember this? Yeah. Oh no? my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. I, I, I bought a bunch of them. That's hilarious. Awesome. I'm going to give them out at the Game Con. Nice. <laughs> see, see what his compliments of? I'm going to make little stickers that say, Happy Jack's RBG <laughs> Oh God! Uh, the Lenexa, the Lenexa KS police specialist on satanic crimes happens to be one of the officers on this call. Oh my God! Uh, this is in Kansas. Okay. Right. Whoa! <laughs> we I turned it the wrong did way. Did you do the same thing I yeah, did? We I bought a garage was, sale. Yeah, we bought a garage, garage sale. Garage on the way sale back on the way home. Pool. The pool. <laughs> <laughs> we found this out as there was a second knock on the door, and we were asked what characters we played. <laughs> Relevant information. (laughs) Angry and I go back to looking out the window and watch as everyone gets out ID and passes it to the officers. When we see Rebel nonchalantly reach over about four feet and pick something up that fell from his wallet. can only end poorly. Mm-hmm. Next thing we see from the inside is Rebel thrown onto the hood of Angry's new truck. <laughs> <laughs> At this, he starts threatening violence if they scratch his truck. Oh, God. So we have a passenger of the car getting arrested, and all I can think is that they're going to execute driver right there in the road, and I have an idiot screaming at an open window about killing cops. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was an estimate. It was estimated driver was going about sixty miles per hour by measuring the skid marks. <laughs> Did I say insanely aggressive? Holy Apparently, Rebel had a half a tab of acid behind his license, oh, and the cops saw it fall out. <laughs> well done, sir. Oh, oh, definitely oh, saw that for a topper. <laughs> We definitely saw him reach over to get it. He had shoved it in his back pocket and refused to show the cop what he had picked up. Lesson number one. Drugs are bad, okay? (laughs) Number two. Good kid went to college and got a degree in law enforcement and applied to the Lenexa Police Department nearly eight years after this incident. And during his interview, he was asked about his involvement with Dungeons and Dragons and Satanism. (laughs) (laughs) He still got the job, and I still roleplay with him to this day. As far as I know, there is still a file listing me as a dungeon master somewhere in the Lenexa PD. I hope this was entertaining. I tried to keep it short. Thank you. I have my wife listening to the show, and she wants to know if you have hit 2,000 listeners yet. That's a reference to a long time ago. Yes. It does. Yes, since she has a girl Girl crush crush on Kimmy and wants to see the (laughs) tatas. I think there was actually a no, you cannot. No, we're not doing this. There was no chance. Yeah, well, yeah. 
started a career in education. Yeah. Yeah. No. Thanks for the show. Or sadly, lack thereof. We love you, Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, no. That's uh, that just a funny story. That's, that's crazy. That's an amazing, amazing story. Wow. Yeah. Just say it's not mine, dude. It's not mine. Show it to him. Go, I don't know how that got in there. That's not mine. It's Obviously, not mine. Somebody reverse pickpocketed me. deniability. Reverse pickpocket is a thing. It's a thing. They keep putting a picture in here. What is that a what picture is that? of? Is it like dick butt or something? <laughs> they drew something. You oh, can, are they doing draw for me stuff? You can draw stuff on... <gasps> it's going to be profane. I know it is. It's, it's Oh, it's a needle. It's a needle with a circle around it with a line through it. Okay. All right. Drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do drugs. Well, what was that? Oh, see, because I thought when it was small, it looked like a pair of lips, like kissing lips. I thought oh, it looked like a penis. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, relic- That's funny. Relic- it's a journey. Huh? No. I was looking at, oh. It, it's low key Ow! Would you call me? That was my eye. <laughs> Not anymore. Ow. You, you Email from no N. Eric if uh, that is your real name. I think it's N. My turn. Eric. Okay. Is it? Yep. I think I'm over. the only one who hasn't gone twice. So. Yeah, do it. Hi. First off, whenever I write you, <laughs> you guys kind of laugh at my name, N. Eric Phillips. First <laughs> off, this is I my do. business <laughs> name, and it pops up on my email auto magically. Auto magically. <laughs> With normal people like y'all, I go by Eric. (laughs) If you are wondering what the N stands for, it's none of your damn business. Oh! Attitude! Doesn't that make you wonder how embarrassing his first name is, though? Nancy. Uh, (laughs) Nancy. Nancy. I knew a man named Nancy. (laughs) The chip on his shoulder was the size of Nebraska. But before he left, he went and named Sue. Yeah, that's all I can think of. (laughs) The boy named Sue. Such a good song. Oh, now for my question. I am running a game of Savage Worlds based is in no the world. Nancy Eric. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running a game of Savage Worlds based in the world of Midnight, a campaign background by Fantasy Flight for a D20. In oh my god, this is amazing. In a Middle Earth like world where the Dark Lord won the final battle. Sadly out of print. This oh my is god, a funny story. Because that's exactly what our gaming group is about to start oh, really? doing when we're the totally next campaign do ends. Get like, so excited. That's, That's where awesome. we're going, and we're stoked about it. It's our next game. Yeah. Uh, when I first start running a game, I read everything I can about it, make up NPCs, plan out adventures, etc., etc. When actually running the game, and I am using all this work to make it cool, I begin to feel bored. I mean, I already write everything, the adventures are written, and for me the fun is kind of gone. Yeah, it is fun to see the players doing their thing, and combat can be fun, yet I gain anyway, a fancy word for boredom. Ennui. 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 I'm still an ignorant American. <laughs> uh, I gain ennui, fancy word for boredom. I'd be edumacated. Mm. So, what tips can you give me to keep me in the game? Thanks, everyone. I love the show. And Eric Phillips. Nancy, Nancy Eric, Eric Phillips, Phillips. <laughs> a.k.a. Eric. <laughs> Nancy Eric also, Phillips. Ennui is, is slightly more than just boredom. It's, it would yeah. more accurately be listlessness. Oh, dun, 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 said the it's writer. Very goth. Yeah, no, very right? goth. It is very so, goth. So, uh, my, my immediate response to this, and, and please feel free to jump on me if I'm, if, to I'm, butt. if I'm running it over. Uh, not in years, um, honey. <laughs> do, you, do you want you a fist bump? bump? Um, Awkward jokes with your ex. Awkward ex jokes. Do not fist bump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
wasn't trying to no. <laughs> Sorry, distracting, I know. For me, what it sounds like is that the problem that you have run into is that you have already written the game, and that's the player's job. Yeah. Ah. You're, you're planning stuff you out stole my thunder. way yeah. too much. <laughs> exactly it, yep. I, you can't, I mean, like... You have you, over-prepared. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it, you have to... I, I sit down and I write story beats, but the players are the ones writing everything. And, and at this point, if you have already written and everything and you're in the middle of the campaign... Um, give the players an opportunity that has three to five choices that will all be wildly different and don't plan what happens next. Yep. Let them flip the fucking table on you yeah. and then figure it out afterwards. Yep. Yep. And I'll tell you what, it'll get interesting. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, they will keep you on your toes. It I mean, honestly, honestly, you might not want to throw yourself into the deep end <clears throat> like that if you're not good at improv or yeah, if you're just it. untested in improv. Or if you're just <laughs> untested at improv, if you haven't really done it as much, um, well, I'd start, do it at the end start of the small. Mm. Is start at the end. Yeah, do it at the end of the session. Yeah. Start small. Uh, that was one of the things that I was going to suggest. Yeah. Go ahead and hey, we can go back to the MacGuffin. <laughs> say that you have a MacGuffin. Say that uh, it's actually just a fucking toss up based on stats, whether or not the players win. Mm-hmm. It, that maybe they get the MacGuffin, maybe they get to keep it and have to decide where they go next. Maybe the bad guys get it, and then you have to decide what to do next, and then you can plan out the next session. But let it start small. Yeah. See what happens. That's actually part of exactly what I did in my session when I realized that some of it was getting a little predictable when I'd planned some of the beats a little too thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Was I was like, well, the bad guys are coming after the the scattered item, because it's, it's an overarching item gathering quest, right? And, and the so I, the bad guys are going after it too. They may as well pick one or two of them up, and then the there players have to go get them. We have to go beat people down. I was smiling was and smirking. Hilarious. Maui was <coughs> looking at me funny. I'm smiling and smirking because Eric is in the chat room. Oh hey, hey Eric. He is. <laughs> hey Nancy. Or she. Yeah, or she. And and the first response from Eric is Nancy. <laughs> I thought that I think after after the response though it might be Nunya Eric. <laughs> hey, Nunya you know. Eric Phillips. Yep. Hey, you know Nancy Drew was my idol when I was little. <laughs> I don't think that makes any better. Rats up, of course. Nancy is like, Drew was fucking awesome. Totally toasted you. Roasted, roasted sword that we use for that. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? toasted's a little different. <laughs> I toast him. We we're talking about drugs earlier. They're talking about earlier <laughs> too. Yeah. We still got a lot of beer left. Like. Um, you can make this happen. Dwink. Dwink. I'm just dwink. Dwink. Yep. It's happening. I I think one of my favorite things that happens when I'm playing or when I'm running a game is when the players look at me and say, Can you leave the room? We need to talk. (laughs) And I will get up and I will leave and I go outside and they will have a discussion about what they think is going on and what they. But they don't want me there because they want to try to. Try to leave me flat-footed. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, bring it, bro. Because that, wow, it's authentic. Because I, yeah. I kind of know what I think is happening and yeah. what's going on. I come and I sit down. They think they've figured it out, but they don't want that right. that sort of that line to get infected right. by I what they're a, planning and what I, I know. My players tend to talk about it in front of me, uh, but sometimes they, they which is a great way to steal information. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. it is. But that's when you sit there and you have to be really good at the cool smirk of the... I don't she has a specific smirk she's, when she's she gathering does. information. Oh, she's she's like, like, uh, or the, wow, their idea is much cooler than the one I have. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> my, that's my personal yeah, smirk. Right. I love 
I love that uh, that your players will tell you to get out. I, yeah. That is a huge yeah. amount of trust. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if you tell the DM to go away, the DM, you're not allowing the DM time to prepare for the shit you're going to throw It means at them. they oh, yeah. really fucking trust they you to improv. They trust you and believe That's that bad. you will right. give them the best experience. Which Rest is also when it's so satisfactory for them to catch you flat-footed and then yeah. be like, ha! Yeah. I got you! Yeah, that's oh, true. Right. And, still, yeah. and still trust you to give them an excellent experience. An enjoyable yeah. experience, yeah. And I think for N. Eric, if that is your real name, uh, I think that is a, <laughs> a, a good lesson in, in order to sort of avoid that sort of feeling of ennui is to prep less, yeah. know less about what's going to happen in the session, and maybe even encourage your players to keep secrets from you. Well, one thing, maybe yeah, maybe break some of that line of communication. Mm-hmm. Go, yeah, go ahead and set up a, like the beginnings of a stealth mission or or something, and then be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go over here. Uh, you guys figure out what you're doing, and just leave. Yeah, yep. walk give out a, yourself. Give it, yeah, give them some kind of mission like a yeah. jailbreak or a heist, heist or something. That's exactly. What this actually, go, this actually is relevant to the the edited part in the last email that yeah. was uh, that was too long, but I did I did read it. Um, yeah. I, I skimmed over it, and basically, what uh, something that was too long in one of the previous emails that Stu edited out was that uh, the, he the one of the guys told us a story about how uh, he didn't feel like his players were very invested in the game, but then when the final battle came, it looked like one of the PCs was going to turn on her group and was, like, role-playing with the DM for, like, 20 minutes, being like, yeah, I'll totally turn on them, whatever. They're they're suckers. I hate them. And the DM was like, holy shit, what's going on? They, they could actually TPK if she turns on them. And then all of a sudden, the other players started, like, fucking bombing his base, and he was like, what the fuck is going on? And it turned out that they had been planning for weeks in secret meetings that he didn't know about <laughs> planning how they were going to handle this mm-hmm. and just like fucking eradicated his uh, like wow. all of his bad guys and because they were literally playing like a roll 20 something like yeah. something online so while he was occupied and his map was zoomed in with this one player the others were moving around taking their turns moving getting into position <laughs> murdering That's NPCs amazing. and the DM had fucking no idea Can we do That's that? brilliant. That's yeah it was amazing. awesome they seriously just like and then he like he zoomed the map out and was like what the fuck is go- oh my god and because they'd been planning this they'd been having secret meetings that he had no idea about deciding what they were going to do for weeks that's awesome Wow, that's amazing. That's one way to keep yourself invested. Yeah, and as a GM, (laughs) you're not going to get bored of that. No, there's no way. No, No, I I very much. I mean, part of what keeps the game entertaining is when the is when the players throw you on your ear. That's that's to me, what I would definitely do is is plan plan something that has Mm -hmm. a handful of possible outcomes that the players have to make a choice about, and let their choice be the end of game. So Mm -hmm. and figure it out for next session. I'm also going to bring up a controversial idea. Oh God! Wait before you do. Okay. To your credit, dude, you realize that you get bored and you are looking for help. Congratulations on that. That is the first step is knowing you have a problem. First step is knowing you have a problem. You know that this is happening and you are looking for an answer, which is a great credit to you and to your players. Thank you. I can't tell you how many games I've started that have died because I was bored. Yeah. 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 And you've just got to, you've got to look for the answer. And it's happened less since I started prepping less. Yeah. 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 And honestly, it sounds like you run a good game. It just sounds like you run a tight game. Mm -hmm. Try being a little looser. Yep. 
controversial. Controversial. So here's another here's another thought, and it's kind of a controversial idea, and something that has been widely debated back and forth. The GMPC. Ooh. I know it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. I, feel I it has think. Its time and place. I think mm-hmm. that it has its time and place. I think that the the GMPC or the GMNPC really can be done well. Uh, I think that it can be a way to... I mean, I don't know how much of your game is... Uh, I don't know if it's highly role-play. What? You're just what having you? so many rollers. So, so many problems. Sorry. Holy crap. Okay. Um, the banjo would safe. just drink it up, so yeah. it's really drunk. It's one of my instruments. Okay. <laughs> Probably already drunk. That's how it's christened. <laughs> yes. Um, well, let me, let me stop you for a second. Okay. Is the GMPC a, a part of the party... That the the rest yes. of the pl- okay all right that, they, all right. that the rest of the players interact so with it's not simply pickup. an important NPC it's more than that uh, yeah, more than party that member. usually we we, we call it an NPC pickup yes yeah so it's it's a member okay. of the party yeah, yeah a member they're, of they're the party NPC, they're an NPC pickup they're there for a reason you know because I'm and freaking out a these, little bit here but go I ahead. know <laughs> these I know it's it's controversial it's, it's hard um it's scary but uh like they 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 have character sheets they have specific things that they can and cannot do and often they have an extreme uh some some sort of liability um a good example of this uh honestly really was um eastwind <clears throat> was eastwind was a game that that we played and uh twin was jamming and she brought in a npc a gm npc an npc pickup named Taryn eastwind who was a knight because we had uh, a member of the party so who was a squire. Made a squire, and they needed a knight to serve. Like so, she mm-hmm. made uh, so she made an NPC who was a knight who would serve as uh, Calahandra's knight master, mm-hmm. and he was with the party and he was adventuring with the party, and he had a character sheet and he was there. But Twin didn't want him to take over or to be the leader or for them to look to him as a leader or even be able to offer them insider clues. So he mm-hmm. was mute. He was a mute knight for character reasons, um, and it, it was a heavy roleplay game. Um, I mean, you know, also heavy combat and heavy, you know, story and da da. But he he was mute, just heavy man, just, just heavy, heavy man storyline. Tregoth, <laughs> <laughs> and he was uh, he he was he was mute from an injury that he had taken as a knight, actually given to him by the overarching BBG, which was his investment in the story. So he was there. And it was a way Twin had a way to interact with us and to and got really good at charades and <laughs> Relapse. We all learned the charades. We all learned the Twin. charades. Um, did you say prolapse? Run laps. Oh it's good morning. <laughs> how many laps you get or how many claps and then yep. it's run it. <laughs> um it was to, to this day if I hear her go. I'm like, ah! <laughs> what? Uh, it wasn't even my PC who was the squire. But, no, we um, all had to run the laps. We all had to run the laps. But it was, uh, like, that was really, that was really good. And it gave her a way to be engaged in the, I mean, she didn't really have the boredom problem, the ennui problem, but she was, um, it, it gave That's her something to do. It's kind of different from what when... Yeah. when the whole concept of a GMPC to me was entirely alien, and those two acronyms going together yeah, didn't yeah. even exist until we started doing this show yeah. mm-hmm. four or five years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, and 
most of the gaming nightmares are about the GM would really like to play. Yeah. Yes. But he can't no. find someone to GM. Yeah. So he goes in and puts character in, and and the character becomes, as for the boot would say, mm-hmm. Baron von Badass. That's yeah. the wrong way to do it. Right. Yeah. But I do believe there is a right way. What you did it basically is you you created sort of a story element mm-hmm. that because you had a character that needed someone to serve. Yeah. Didn't have a. PC that would fit that role. Right, so you yeah. created a, an NPC that would fit the role. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would call that technically a GM PC. But that's why the, the, except the, a really yeah. well-developed NPC. Yeah. That's why we usually refer to them as, as NPC pickup. It's because yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an NPC. They just are part of the party. The party has picked them up and are walking around with them. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason. I'd walk around but, with these one. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but more it than was, he, he was mostly like... Whoa. It was... I kept him in game not just because I had a player who wanted that connection, but also just um, he he wasn't a guide, which was good. Um, but he he gave them a link to a lot of their NPC hooks because he was a knight serving a kingdom, and they were directly involved with that kingdom. But not all of them were from that kingdom. Okay. But they ultimately wound up working for them. Um, so it was, he was sort of their guide who couldn't speak for them, but was able to provide them the connection. Okay. Um, and it was, you know, it was a matter of definition at that point. And we always had to, if, if Eastwind had somewhere that, uh, that he wanted us to go, um, we always he could had be a plot hook. Easily. Yeah, yeah. He could be a plot hook and we yeah. always had to do some fun role play and puzzle solving in order to figure <laughs> out what the fuck he was saying. Yes, it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's like <laughs> okay, who in an adventuring like? party is like mid stride and is like, okay, I gotta whip out my pencil and paper here and yeah, write no. out my ideas. All this parchment that I keep on me. Yeah, no, yeah. he just did charades, and it was and it, it made for some hilarious moments yep. and some really also some occasional hilarious moments when Twin would start talking in character, and then we would be like, wait a minute, who's talking? Are you talking? Is that Eastwind? <laughs> and she'd East be like. Fuck. Sorry. No, it's a completely different NPC because you know, and they're talking and sometimes they walk in and there are three to talk to. Yeah. So it was it was funny. But I do like I, I do agree that the, the badass GM PC that the, the GM that just really wants to play, that's the wrong way to do it. You right. don't do that. Right. But I yeah. really think it can be done well and if you're having ennui issues, if you're having boredom issues or listlessness issues uh, that might be something to consider as long as you remember that you're not there to play. You are there to support. You are not stealing the spotlight. And, yeah, under no circumstances. Under are you no circumstances. One of the main parts of the story. Yeah. I mean, the, you might be there to provide plot hooks or links or guide the, you know, br- like very vaguely guide the players. Or, or get murdered. Or get murdered. I mean, you know, I've done that or too. Or a complication. Or, or a complication. Or be a complication. <clears throat> I have one of my favorite moments was when I started, one of the first times that I dropped a, a, a GMPC or an NPC pickup into the party was when I was like, I want to I drop an NPC into the party. And I was like, all right, that's fine. We were young and stupid. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I dropped the BBG into the party in disguise. And he walked around with the party. What was this? I was in Florida. This was before you ever played with me. I dropped the BBG into the party in disguise, and he literally walked around with the party for three or four sessions until he could betray them. Was that That's Saber? Awesome. No, it was Callan. Of course it was Callan. Oh Callan was my second fucking guess. It was either Saber or Callan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just completely randomly murder hobo <laughs> fuckhead. 
No, murder no. hobo. Katamari. Katamari. Murder, murder hobo Katamari. Roll into town. See, I'm just picturing like a, on in that a bizarre feat with like stuff. where you take They're all dropping these acid in there. Yeah, we take. <laughs> <laughs> or you take a bunch of graphic for that. Take a bunch of beats for like single swordsmen, and you all sort of like link arms and roll around, but you're all weapons on the outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's also uh, Howl's moving like tavern. Howl's moving tavern. The tavern at the end of the universe. Cup and coin. What? Jesus. Radzap just said something that I I like to do, which is if you're having an ennui problem, so discord amongst the players. Oh, it's very entertaining. That's a you evil genius. God, I don't usually do that. It's a good method. It's a great method. That'll do it. That'll do it. Oh, create a schism. It's awesome. Oh my god. I like that. Wow. Yeah, drop the BBG in the party in disguise yeah. and have him seduce one of the PCs. Oh! <laughs> or, I mean, start a, a murder mystery and have one of the players be the obvious culprit. No. Yeah. I no. love I love murder mysteries. All the lights go off and one of the party members is dead when you wake up. <laughs> what? You were so dark. This, this is, is why the they second time I've They don't want me to jam. No, we don't, because your version of Risk 10 is eeny, meeny, miny, mo fuck that player in particular. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. What's really funny is that she's one of the kinder ones when we run our LARP, too. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, 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 can we put a, can we shove a person in a sarcophagus and then kill them? And they're like, well, it, the first part's okay. We can, we can put a person in a coffin, but let's not murder them. <laughs> Why else would they be in the coffin? We'll come up with something, Because honey. it's better if you bury them alive. And then I'm the one who comes up with asshole nut pinches, and she has to pull it back. She's very pinchy. Peach, 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 peach. Hey, guys, what if we murder the four-year-old? Yeah, that was a good bloody We miss. did that. Yeah. We did that. Like, we she was missed, still holding we her red misted hand. the four-year-old. It was beautiful. I needed an achievement unlock. Moment, we just like over back. my head. Uh, anyway, sort of. anyway, we tangent. Gritty yeah. games you are gotta gritty. stop us. We'll never stop. Yeah, we'll just go. Howl's moving tan. Uh, Howl's moving tavern. tavern. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, no, I, I like Howl's moving there. tangent. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we that's are. Kind of what we are. A group. It's true. Oh man, that's true. I like Tavern of the Borg. You are as cute as a Borg. Must be a pickup line. That's yeah, say. No. <laughs> I am Borg. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. In seventy minutes, we should probably. It's getting call. crazy. Yeah, let's call it. Yay! All right. Far Bam! Don't forget. Don't forget. What? The song this time. Oh no! I'll put the song in. Okay, it's yeah, already there. Right, See, right. it's that little purple thing right there. Right. That's the song. I've already got it in the session. I just have to move it to where it needs little to start. Purple thing right there. That was my nickname <clears> in college. So we done? Anything? <laughs> No. How does this key to the college? <laughs> Shh. I'm going to keep drinking. I'm just going to stay here for a while and drink. All right. So I'm going to hit the end song. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see if this works. Bye, guys. Right. Wait, wait. <laughs> How's that for a chopper? <laughs> I can't even stop being funny. of a male prostitute. <laughs> can't even. And I've got Lurch. You ready? Yes. yes. Maybe. <laughs> what a voice. All right. Yeah, I know, right? Thank you for joining us for Season 12, Episode 14 of Happy Ajax RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Twin. I'm Maui. I'm Aya. And don't forget, uh, in a couple weeks, uh, Game... What is it? Game X 2014, (laughs) August 29th, 30th, 31st, and September 1st. Hilton Hotel at LAX. Join us there. We'll be there playing games and running games. Thank you for listening, and we'll leave with a song. Dungeons and Dragons.
dragons. Hero hath climbed the fatal savage lands. Evil bloods will be usurping. Though we could do with less burping, happy Jack's podcast will be. And if you 
her there And if you could have seen her there Seating program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.